The Rum and Miss show that you are currently tuned into will begin in about five minutes. Until then, enjoy this wonderful tune. Why does a good man have to Unless I say I'm not going to be on it, I'm typically planning on doing it. Hey, what's up, guys? Chris Stolle here with Kristen Stovall. How you doing? Hello. I'm great. How are you? I'm well. And guess what, guys? Realm of the Mist podcast is back. Yay! Woo-hoo! Took a couple of weeks off so we could uh, concentrate on some of the other shows and some of the other uh, uh, fun little topics that were going on, especially with Star Wars Celebration and everything. Uh, but we are back, and Chris, Kristen and I are going to delve into a lot of swords and sorcery. Yes. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna open up our, our inner Dungeons and Dragons. But first, let's get some of the other topics out of the way. First and foremost, as Kristen was just describing to me, uh, for those that still play the video game, The Old Republic, the MMORPG of uh, Star Wars, there's some exciting new news to the Old Republic. 
Yes, there is. They announced recently that they're going to be doing another expansion. It's, I believe, called Onslaught. Um, they're going back to the old Imp versus Pub format. They kind of delved away from that for a little while, which a lot of people didn't like. I was kind of on the fence about it. Some fun things about it, some not-so-fun things about it. Uh, they're also going to be releasing, and they haven't given an official date for this one yet, but it will be, like, within the next month, a new planet and a new weekly event, and the planet is Dantooine. So Star Wars fans can definitely remember that from the uh, original trilogy. Yep. Which always excites me. Anytime they add a new planet that I've heard of, like, in the original trilogy, I'm like, ah! <laughs> That's right. Da uh, Dantooine was the uh, planet that uh, Leia tried to send the Death Star to uh, to save Alderaan. And, yeah, and but not they give didn't away buy the, it. And not give away the official uh, base of, of uh, the, the Rebels, which was Yavin 4 at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah. So what's what's the planet look like? What does Dat Dantooine look like in the Old Republic? Oh, yeah, because I happen to be on the public test server. So I don't know that I can give, like, any specifics or anything like that. But it, I think it's very nice. I think that the work is great. The Just the scenery is really nice. I found the stuff that we can play because they don't put any story elements on there on the PTS because they want to surprise us, too. But I found that um, the quests were really fun. And it was just really nice to be able to explore a new planet. It seemed very large. In fact, I didn't even get through it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I was pretty dedicated for a little while. Well, I guess I guess what I'm meaning, if you could talk about it, uh, at being a test, a beta tester, I don't I don't want to like get you in trouble and, and lose the privilege right. of testing. But I was meaning more like the environment, like you know, like Endor was a forest, and and Hoth is is mm -hmm. uh, you know, icy, and icy and a glacier. Tatooine is a desert, right? Like, um, what kind of environment is Dantooine, or or is there any specific characteristic to the planet? Well, I think I could probably say that because I've seen people discussing it on the forums. Um, it's sort of, the best way I could describe it is farmlands, except that there's not fields and everything. You know, you've got grass and trees, and it, it's nice. And the ambient music is really nice as well. So it's Kansas. Yeah, it's Kansas, but with some... <laughs> yeah, actually, that was the first thing I thought when I started playing, and I was like... It looks like home. <laughs> Except more hills. Just be careful to not have a house land on you if you're wearing striped socks. <laughs> it's fine. I've already got the ruby slippers. They're up in my room. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're just mismatching uh, franchises all together here. Let's just do it. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of Disney, you, you had brought something else to my attention, too. Uh, being a person who, who has a subscription, this is news to me. And it actually really pisses me off uh, for, for, for multiple reasons besides the fact that when I signed up for them, they were seven ninety nine a month. That's when I initially signed up with them. And I remember when they first started out, they did only do DVD releases, you know, like you know, they were a rental thing and, until the streaming service thing that they kind of innovated. Yeah. But again, Netflix is raising prices to twelve ninety nine a month. Or did they already do that? I believe the message that I got said that they would be. And I have the two screens, which I think is just basic. It's just you, you get the basic two screens, and it said it was going up to twelve ninety nine a month. And I'm just like, 
this just gets more and more ridiculous, especially when they don't have any of the add-ons that like Hulu has. With Hulu, you can get add-ons that tie you into HBO and I think even Stars. So it's Who, just sort of shooting themselves in the in like the foot. Well, like, again, you know, like when I first started out do- using Netflix, they were seven ninety nine a month, and yeah. you know, there there was no package deal to it. it. Was like you could stream service over your computer, over television, if you have like a certain way of doing it, whether a video mm-hmm. game system or a smart TV or something, or Roku. Right, you know, so and that was it. You got to watch it, and then they started adding thing, adding things like the uh, DVR, where you could download episodes, which was great for me on my phone, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm just not in a strong signal, you know, right. da- whether data or Wi-Fi. So if I download it, great. Which I could argue about the 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 download service because it really pisses me off that certain things didn't have it. Yeah, I never used it because I couldn't get it on my. Um little tablet and I wanted it so I could download this the episodes of whatever show and like watch it when I was on an airplane you know right no that, that that's exactly right that that is exactly right like when I was working uh at the apartment complex there'd be some times where I was watching a show or something and for the sake of argument I got a call to do a heater you know in, in the boiler room basement and there's no signal down there and I still wanted to catch the show while I'm working on it right that was what the download was for. But, like, I could download, for the sake of argument, I could download The Flash. You know, that mm-hmm. was fine. But yeah. if, I, if I wanted to continue watching Daredevil, for some you reason, Daredevil didn't have a download feature. Yeah. There, yeah. Was, there seemed to be no rhyme or reason to the download feature. You know, so. And then they raised it up to 10 bucks a month, which that was fine. <laughs> I didn't care, especially because of the right. Fact. Especially because of the fact that Star Wars was on there, that Marvel was on there, that a lot of the TV uh-huh. shows I dug was on there. Quite honestly, Netflix was more important to me about TV shows and catching up on things that I missed or re-catching yeah. up the shit that I, that I used to watch than the movies. The, oh, the, yeah. The movie releases I didn't care so much about. Oh, yeah. I would binge watch the TV shows. Once in a blue moon, I'd watch a movie. Like, that's where I caught Thor Ragnarok. And, right. I mean, it was fantastic. I was sick, and it was the funniest thing I'd seen in, like, a week. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I could have also been delirious. I don't know, but I'm going with it. And then recently, they raised it up to eleven ninety nine a month. So, I know we're yep. talking now about a dollar, but in contrast to things, as Chris and I were talking about before we we jumped on to, to air here, Netflix is losing shows and losing movies because Disney's starting their own stream service for a hell of a lot cheaper, and they're taking all their shit with them. Marvel, Star Wars, all the Disney yep. stuff. That's all going to be on their streaming service for, what was it, six a month? Yeah, it's like six ninety nine or something. I was reading all of this stuff today because I got that email, and I'm like, really? And it's, it's just a change here and there is fine, but it's been this progressive you know, hiking up of the prices. And before long, I feel like they're going to be wanting us to pay twenty four ninety nine a month. And I'm not doing that. Well, I was about to say Netflix just isn't worth that. If I'm going to pay no. that, if I'm going to pay that much money for one service, it should bundle in all the others. Well, it should bundle in all the others. Like you're saying Hulu kind of does. Although I argue about Hulu, Hulu, I don't wanted, love Hulu. Uh, Hulu <laughs> wanted like seven ninety nine a month. For access to see their shows and, and, and movies and stuff. But it had commercials all through it. If I yeah. didn't want the commercials, I had to pay more. Really? Yeah. What am I paying you for to be? If I want to watch shows with commercials, 
Exactly. That actually take commercial breaks at the right time in the show, I'll watch TV. Right. Right. What am I paying you for? You know? Exactly. But, I always thought that was a little weird. But like you said, they do offer where like there's some bundles or some packages where they'll tie into HBO or stars mm-hmm. or you know, right. whatever the case may be. But the fact the fact of the matter is, even without that, like if I'm gonna pay twenty bucks a month for Netflix and have half the entertainment why would I do that when I could pay $7 here, $6 there, or $5 exactly. there for the other smaller services that have the shows and movies I actually want to see? Exactly. I did. It doesn't make any sense. And with them losing Disney, and I don't know that Disney has said they're going to immediately take stuff away, but the writing's on the wall. You know, it's going to happen. Look, They're not since, going to compete with Netflix if they've got their own streaming service. Since since I signed up to Netflix, Star Wars The Clone Wars TV uh, cartoon, TV cartoon has been on Netflix. It has recently been removed from Netflix. If the writing ain't on the wall there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. You know, and I mean... Yeah, okay. I know, I know that recently they put up the, uh, the, the Lucasfilm... Uh, classic movies of the Indiana Jones movies, all four of those movies. But there's no new Indiana Jones, so nobody cares that they're on Netflix right now. Nope. And and really, how long will they be on Netflix? Oh, absolutely. It's like they're throwing a lifesaver out to a drowning company like, here, but we're going to keep going. Well, here, here's one that'll blow your mind right now. Right now, the two biggest things that I see on Netflix, and I could be wrong here, okay, but the two biggest things I see on Netflix is Star Wars and Marvel, which we all know is Disney. Exactly. And we'll probably go over to the streaming service for 7 bucks a month once that goes live. Then all you have really have left, you know, for, for mainstay purposes is Star Trek. Mm-hmm. CBS All Access could turn around and just grab all the treks and put them on there with Discovery. Yes, for they could. Five bucks a month, and yep. Netflix is closed. Exactly. <laughs> and Netflix recently announced that they would be canceling their in-house show, this uh, Santa Clarita Diet, and that was pretty popular. So that. That really doesn't look very good either, not to mention Orange is the New Black, which is one of their big shows. That one's coming to an end. And there was another one that was really big that they're you know, bringing to an end as well. So they're also starting to stop their own productions. It, it doesn't look good. Okay, so if they're stopping their own homemade productions, movies, TV shows. Like, there, there's some good ones that are on Netflix that, that, I, that I absolutely fell in love with, like uh, The Last Kingdom. Was a oh, the Last Kingdom was brilliant. TV, uh, TV series on Netflix. And if I ever gave up my Netflix service, that would be one thing that I would really miss. Mm-hmm. Especially since I did hear they're finally doing another season. Really? Because it seemed like it had kind of come to its natural conclusion with the last season that I watched. I think that's what it was supposed to be, but uh, I guess demand. Right. I mean... And I don't think they've completely, they're not completely shutting down production, but the fact that they're stopping shows, like, again, Orange is the New Black kind of is coming to its natural conclusion, but from what I understand, Santa Clarita Diet is, it's kind of shocking that they're canceling that one. No, you're absolutely right. And it's it's just, Netflix is going to shoot itself in the foot. 
with mm-hmm. with with a lot of streaming services coming out now and a lot of properties taking back their their uh their property to go to their streaming services netflix should be lowering prices to keep audience not raising exactly and they lost doctor who a few years ago because of britbox you know they right. decided they decided to do their own streaming service and most of the british television got taken off of netflix and they you know, losing Doctor Who is not a thing anybody wants to do. <laughs> not being a Whovian myself, I, I could care less one way or another. However, the popularity big, of the franchise yeah. is it, it's very... Uh, it's a big fandom. Oh, yeah, it's a big hit in the pocket, you know, as a business. Like I said, I may yeah. not personally... You don't want to lose those big fandoms. Right. I may not personally be a fan of, of Doctor Who, but that doesn't mean I don't recognize the fact that there is a huge mm. fandom out there for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's, it's just dumb, you know? And yep. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Netflix is thinking about going a different direction altogether. Uh, maybe. You know, with their, with their services, with their shows. Maybe yeah, maybe they'll audiences. start focusing more on their own stuff and less on doing things with, you know, but again, other. But again, if you're coming up with unknown properties and unknown things, you can't be expected to be charging, exactly. charging people $20 a month right. you know, just, because, just because you think your name is worth the money. Oh, yeah. And if the current trend continues, it absolutely will end up being $20 a month absolutely ridiculous so guys fair warning if you're a netflix subscriber or somebody who's thinking about picking up netflix they're raising prices and it seems like they're gonna keep doing it almost every year yeah it's only been about a year since they went to 11.99 hasn't it yeah a year maybe two at the most but it was fairly recent yeah it wasn't that long ago so and again like like we warned you netflix is losing a lot of its mainstay properties because of People like Disney creating their own streaming services for a hell of a lot cheaper. Yep. I'm not saying go to those other services and forget Netflix. I'm not. I'm not saying you know boycott Netflix. No. <laughs> Although, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. Either. <laughs> I mean, you do you, look, listeners. You look, do you. Look, th- th- there are free streaming services out there. Okay, I'll tell you straight out there. There are. So- there is Sony Crackle. There is Tubi TV. They've mm-hmm. got great content on there, and it doesn't cost you a dime. Yep. Just it's think all about on that. my Roku. <laughs> <laughs> so just think about that, guys. <laughs> it's just food for thought. That should be a new segment. Food for thought. <laughs> food for thought. Hey, I'm always open to new stuff. So. <laughs> the, le- the less I have to come up with, the happier I am. <laughs> But uh, actually, here's here's it, it kind of segues in, you know, talking about the streaming services. We just mentioned uh, CBS All Access. And, of course, their mainstay show that launched their service just ended its second season, and that is Star Trek Discovery. Yes. Now, I know you just caught up on it. Um, I, I finally got to watch it and get caught up. Now, you, you remember last year on Breaking the Fourth Wall when the first season happened. Yeah, I was I was shitting all over this show. I was completely against everything this show stood for. <laughs> it was it was it was destroying the. I know the, I was fully prepared to hate it after that. <laughs> it, it was you know to me it was shitting on the franchise the the history of the franchise. It was shitting on Gene Roddenberry's vision. You know it was it was it was a terrible show. I've been waiting for the opportunity to sit down and talk about season two. 
because because okay. get into it because <laughs> with the introduction of Christopher Pike and bringing in the Starship Enterprise. Well, before before I give my analysis, let let let's catch yours. This is the first time you get to finally sit down and talk Star Trek Discovery and, and, at all. Yeah, and so, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. So we'll get we'll get your view first before before I tell you whether my opinion has changed, all gotten right. worse, gotten better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the first episode, I was very much like, "What? What is this? What is happening?" I'm not sure about this. The Klingons are stupid. <laughs> I hated the Klingons. And my biggest, like, one of my biggest beefs was it with it, sorry, uh, was that, like, it was really hard to tell the Klingons apart, for one, right. because they all looked the same, and all of their scenes were in captions in Klingon, or, you know, in cap because they were speaking Klingon, it was all in captions, and the captions were going fast. And I happen to have a visual disability, so it takes me a little bit of time to read them. Which is aggravating when you have to pause it every few seconds. It tends to kill the moment. Well, it kind of <laughs> hurt it, too, because you think about the original series uh, movies and series, you know, where Klingon, Klingon spoke in Klingon. Yeah, you had yeah. the subtitles down the bottom, but they spoke quick. The same as, you know, I'm speaking in regular tones right now, or you right. speak in regular tones. But in this show, like, the, the, the captions were going quick, but the Klingons talk like they had speech impediments. <laughs> talk. 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 It's like, dude, and, where's the beat here, man? <laughs> right. So it took me a little while. I did get into it. I got to where I appreciated some of the characters. I, I certainly have my favorites. Um, but I was – my first – my impression of the first season was eventually I did like it. But it wasn't what I would watch if I felt like watching Star Trek. Right. It just, it it was good, but it wasn't what I would watch if I wanted to watch Star Trek. Then I would just go to Netflix and watch Star Trek. Um, but I totally agree. With the second season, they finally found their stride and they found their voice. And the character development is getting a bit better. That was another really weak point in the first season is character development. Nobody like, liked each other. No, and everybody was so one-dimensional. Mm -hmm. Like, this character was here to be this one, this type of person, and this one was here to be this type of person, and you never saw any growth, and that I found boring. Yeah, they were going through these insane things. They were going through wartime, and it never seemed to make them grow as characters, and that was just, in my opinion, lazy writing. Right. Um, but, yeah... Then the second, it, it got me interested enough, and I got attached enough to some of the characters that when the second season came along, I was into it. <laughs> you know, I was like, "All right." And Pike, that actor, hit it out of the ballpark. Yes, he nailed it. Yes, I could watch a whole entire series. Like, give me, give me a rebooted Star Trek, uh, Star Trek original series. Before Kirk's command, right. of, With just, Pike. of just Pike and on the Enterprise, because wow, was I thoroughly enjoying his performance. I was never into that character until I saw him, uh, until this incarnation of him. He just nails it. You're, you're he, not wrong. You're not wrong because the original series guy that that, that did the pilot episode of the Menagerie, the Cage, mm -hmm. he I hated him. He he was a dick. <laughs> you know, Christopher Pike. He he was he was an ass. I didn't like him at all. 
But yeah. I think the first time I liked the character of Christopher Pike was in the J.J. Abrams uh, uh, Kelvin Universe movies where you had Captain Slash Admiral Pike being a right. father figure to, to Kirk. Yeah. I, that's where he started having like a more of a human feel, and I thought they brought the best of that type of character to, yeah. to Chris Pike in, in Discovery. They really melded those two aspects. Like, because he still kind of has that, like, Captain Kirk cowboy, Star Trek captain thing going on. Right. But he did have that more sophisticated, um, wise mentor thing. You, I mean, you could see him, how he could grow into that in this character, even though they're unrelated. You could right. still see the, the blend of the two. And it was just, it was fantastic. Although it's uh, there were times in the second season I was a little bit like so Skynet. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a lot of speculation about some of the things, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it yet. You know, cause, again with the streaming service, it doesn't mean you have to catch it the right. day it releases. Uh, so right. I don't, you know, fair warning, guys. There may be a little bit of spoiler in this, but you know, a lot of people were alluding to, to this could be retconning some of the Star Trek stories in the sense that, yeah. like, they thought this was going to be the birth of the Borg. Oh, that could have been interesting. I've also heard that Discovery was in some ways going to try to meld the Calvin universe with the canon, you know, original canon, and try to maybe close some of that gap a little bit. And while I can maybe see that in some aspects, I don't think that that's necessarily a, a goal. I don't think Discovery could do it. It, I don't, I, I've I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think the only way you could do that uh, is through the movies, uh, through Abrams's uh, trilogy, you know, and like mm -hmm. maybe in the fourth film, they're coming to the end of their five year mission. The Enterprise has come to be retired. Kirk becomes an admiral, but something in some way, shape or form happens that reemerges the timelines. So that way the original right. series will stand on its own as, as prime timeline. And of course the movies, right. but then it meets back together to, to become prime timeline for uh, the motion picture. Yeah, that could work. And then, and then that recanonizes all the rest of star Trek that mm. happens after the original trilogy. Right. That's always been yeah. my thought process. Yeah, that could work. I also f heard or read on an article today that they've started filming the new Picard series, which I'm much more antsy about that than Discovery because Discovery is telling another story. It's like a new crew and everything. I don't think I want Captain Picard's story to be retconned. Like, I liked that story, but, you know, we'll see where, what they do with it. They've managed to kind of find their feeding, like footing with discovery feeding. That's brilliant. I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, luckily typing words is a lot different than saying the words. <laughs> exactly. That's why you have an editor. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm going to keep an open mind and see what happens. It did take them a little while to find the groove for discovery, but I think when they did, it was a good. They made a really good decision in giving the Klingons hair in the second season. Yes. I credit where it's due. That helped a lot. <laughs> and, and forced them to start speaking English again, or, yes. or excuse me, basic common. Um, but the okay, my my opinion of it, like I I knew I was going to be checking out season two at the end of season one, even though I absolutely despised season one, and I still despise season one. Like I, it's it's. 20 bucks at Walmart right now. I won't buy it. 
like I absolutely hated season one of Star Trek Discovery. The only thing that made me say I will give season two a chance was the fact that they teased the Enterprise. I'm like, I want to yeah. see the Enterprise. I want to see the crew of the Enterprise. I knew it wasn't going to be Kirk. You know, I knew it had yeah. to be Christopher Pike and 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 all number one and Mitchell and all the characters that we knew from the original crew of of the the USS Enterprise in the original series before Kirk's takeover. Yeah. So. I wanted to at least see season one, or, or excuse me, episode one of season two. But you're right. right. With the introduction of Christopher Pike, and the smartest thing they could ever do was put Christopher Pike on the bridge of the Discovery. Exactly. Because, like you said, that, that, that humanized the characters. All of a sudden, Pike's the, the catalyst making these characters come forefront and stop mm-hmm. bickering at each other like a bunch of kids with no supervision. Right. You know, and and then uh, the introduction of Spock, which that was a really weird dynamic. And at first, I didn't like Spock. Yeah, I, I thought baby Spock was adorable. I'm like, oh, look, it's a tiny baby Spock. <laughs> <laughs> no, baby Spock, was fine. baby Spock was fine, but emo bearded Spock was. Uh... Yeah, I kept going, please shave the beard. Please shave the beard. Why is it halfway down your neck? Please shave the beard. <laughs> You know, but but as as the story went on and you started to see what Spock was dealing with, and especially mm-hmm. I love the introduction. I thought it was great, actually, character development, that Spock actually has dyslexia. He had a learning disability. Yes, I loved that. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I really thought it added some interesting layers to that character. It, they really did some interesting things with him, and... And showed different sides of him while also still kind of remaining true to what, you know, what he started as. So I thought he was a really, they handled it well. I was questioning it at first, but then I was surprised by how well they handled it. Well, and then coming towards the end of the season, their their decision to send uh, Discovery into the future so that Control can never get control of the uh, spheres. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. (laughs) Can never get control of the spheres. Uh, and everything else I thought was a beautiful idea because it definitely took care of the situation that a lot of fans had through 50-plus years of Star Trek lore. How come Discovery was never once even mentioned or thought right. of? Right. Yeah. And I was because like, oh. it was marked as destroyed and never existed. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm interested to see what they, what they do with Season 3. I have no idea what they could possibly have in store and I love that well that's the two things I wanted to bring up number one if I have any complaint about season two about Star Trek Discovery it is this and it's sad for me to say it but it's the exact same conversation I had before my biggest complaint Michael fucking Burnham see I like her (laughs) she is a boring character to me she she's supposed to be the, the the forefront character uh, of the show and to me she's even though she showed more human yeah. quality in this season she was still to me the weakest character uh. out of everybody there and that's sad because you're supposed to be the star you're supposed to be our captain kirk of this one or or mm-hmm. picard of this one and you're the character i care the least amount i would say that i do like star trek discovery but in my opinion it's weakest link is it's not very good with character development. Yeah, I agree they, with that. They really don't delve into these characters or give them 
they don't really ever explore them or give them any stories that are personal arcs so that we can get to know them better and see different aspects of them. Mm -hmm. And that would be my biggest complaint about Discovery is everything's always like this one long chain story. And with the other Star Treks, you did get some... Like you, you got some episodes that were sort of focused on one character and weren't always some big, the galaxy's going to end thing. Right. Like, sometimes they were just a smaller thing. And yeah, you had your subplots that maybe, like, the ship was in danger and it wasn't necessarily tied to the little personal journey, but sometimes it was. And that's where I think Discovery has really dropped the ball in that they have characters, which I feel could be very interesting, and yet... They rarely deeply explore them. No, you're not. You're not wrong, especially when it comes to the doctor and the uh, the scientist. Oh, the doctor is so horribly underdeveloped. It makes me so annoyed. I'm like, okay, you guys were making a big deal about finally having a gay couple, and one is pretty much just the whiny wife. That and you never let him be anything else, and he could be interesting. That's where I was going to go with it is you got you got this gay couple. You made a deal that it was supposed to be, you know, a big deal because it's an interracial gay couple, no less. Not just a gay couple, but an interracial gay couple. All right. I'm invested. I care. You made the the, the, the black guy disappear. The doctor disappear, you know, caught in the in the uh, the, the fungal mm-hmm. net, you know, if you will. And then they brought him back and and he was still just the whiny wife. And and now we need Dr. Phil, a uh, space Dr. Phil to fucking give them couples counseling. You didn't develop shit about their relationship no. a, a, as people. And and the other character, the science, you know, the other character, he is this larger than life. He's a really fun character. He's actually one of my favorites. And I just feel like it's such a disservice to have only one half of this couple be developed and only one half of this couple ever being given any real screen time or any story arcs at all. You know, like you're talking about personal story arcs, uh, Saru, uh, his race of people are used to being prey and victims. And then he loses that little, the, the little shit, his warning device in the back of his head, the little tendril thing. <laughs> yeah. The, ten- the tendrils that warn him of danger and death. It's gone. And now all of a sudden he's, he's no longer fearful of death or, or whatever else. Yeah. He's that the is one character arc. that's gotten some art. Yeah. But that's and I think he's an awesome need, character. That is one arc we desperately need to de- delve into because now we can see the, the universe through his eyes. Somebody who's so used to being the prey. Exactly. And that whole species is really fascinating. Just like you have this species that in some ways still very like driven by instinct in a way that's more forefront in the mind than we're used to. Mm-hmm. So, so they they definitely need. The, here's here's the thing, and this is going to be a question I will ask you. The way Star Trek uh, Discovery season two ended, mm-hmm. I don't think there should be a season three, and it's not because I didn't enjoy season two. Like I said, season two, yes, it changed my mind about Star Trek Discovery. It really did. I was highly impressed enough with Star Trek Discovery season two to not shit on it as. Like I did with season one. I still hate season one. If you erase season one and start it with season two, I'd be all about this. Right. You know what I mean? But uh, So I'm getting the impression you didn't care for season one. You, you might say I didn't care for season one. <laughs> super subtle. Super subtle. I, 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 I didn't want to hurt any feelings with it. You know? No, but uh, 
but with the way they ended the story arc and, and they sent the discovery off and, and now they're disavowing any association that the characters or the ship ever even existed in our timeline in, in, in mm-hmm. their timeline. Right. It seems like a logical end choice. Should there even be a season three? Well, I think yes. And the reason I think yes is because I'm really tired of prequels <laughs> and they're jumping. Wet. Spoiler. So if you haven't caught up, don't listen. Plug your ears, hum, whatever. But it's a chance to actually start telling the story from where the last series ended off, you know? Like, it's actually progressing the story instead of going back and retconning the story. Like, that's why I think I'm excited about a season three, because it's a chance to see new story, not details of old story. (laughs) So they're jumping far to. enough. Maybe, maybe I missed that. They're jumping far enough in the future that Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager have all already happened. That was the impression I got. So Voyager's they had back to jump home far at enough. Earth. Voyager's yeah. already back home at Earth when yeah. when all this happens. That that was the impression I got. I mean, they certainly never gate gave an exact star date or anything, but okay. the impression I got was that they were leaping like so far ahead into the future that uh, Star Trek Skynet could not get them. <laughs> Which, by the way, it's not control, it's Star Trek Skynet. Yes, it really Can't is. We, that's what it is. Totally I, Star Trek Skynet. I still don't know how I feel about the whole Section 31 story arc. I, I really don't. I, you know, um, maybe... Well, I'm that not... started in other series, so it kind of followed with stuff I'd seen in the other series. Well, no, no, I, I'm fine with that, but, I, you know, fair enough that maybe I'm just not as deep into Star Trek canon as I am Star Wars, you know, right. but <laughs> I always looked at Starfleet and, and Star Trek as supposed to be, this is the, the, the future that we as humans want in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, not just technology, but, you know, we all get along and we trust our government officials and right. we trust a our utopian military society. Our utopian society and yet we still got black ops right with, within the 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 exploration for peace. Right. Well, section 31 started in Deep Space 9 and it definitely follows the same attitude minus Skynet that it's in discovery that there's just no Skynet. Right, and it, it also it appeared it also appeared to Star Trek Enterprise, which puts it all the way back to right. basically the birth of Starfleet. Mm-hmm. You know, since uh, NX01 was the first warp capable uh, starship of Starfleet, well, at least warp five capable. Right. You know, so you're you're talking about Section Thirty One was around ninety plus years From before the get go. Yeah, be, ninety plus years before Kirk took command of an Enterprise. Right. You know, right. so. That that kind of I don't know that Section Thirty One just kind of sits wrong with me on, on that. Yeah, aspect. and I think it does with a lot of people. I mean, not that I've gone out and like done a Family Feud survey on it, but right. <laughs> I think it I think it does sit sit a little off with a bunch of people. I never really got into the Section Thirty One arcs in Deep Space Nine. I actually only in the last few years watched all of Deep Space Nine because I couldn't really get into it, and then we had no cable growing up and and the fuzzy channel it just it didn't work and then netflix happened and i'm like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it again well you know what deep space nine was always the weak one of the of the series to me and even now i would put discovery above deep space nine 
because of season two. It would have been well below Deep Space Nine had it only been season one. But uh, I, I would put because of season two, I would put Discovery above Deep Space Nine. Uh, a lot of people would blast me for that, but I just I never cared about a space station. I liked going out Deep on the starship. Deep Space Nine was never one of my favorites, although I will say I think it has the most powerful series finale out of all of them. You think? I do. It's the only one that I actually cry when I watch, and I don't cry easily at you know, TV or movies, so it takes something. I think it just had that... Um, it just it was it was the way they handled the ending and it had a sense of wow we've really been through something big i see i'm i'm one of those people i still uh i wonder what could have been um i highly believe that star trek enterprise was a completely underrated show and yeah. It was canceled before it really got its legs. It was just starting to find its footing. It was, you know, season three and season four, they were finally getting some great story arcs going. You know what I mean? Uh, I've watched that one once. I just, it never grabbed me. I, I loved it. I loved uh, the, the, first, the first look into Starfleet figuring out how to be a part of this intergalactic stage now. Right. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. You know the the crew of the Enterprise being the first humans to really go out and explore. Yeah, you know. I mean, I don't dislike really any Star Trek series. I think if you watch all of them, you can kind of find a redeeming quality, and then you they make a nice addition to the picture as a whole. But I definitely have my favorites. That's that's true, but I I, I, wind, I wonder what could have been for for Enterprise. Right. I mean, the way they decided to end it, it, it felt a little bit rushed because they were canceled. They had to end it that way. Right. But I thought it was very powerful that it ended with the the chartering of the United Federation of Planets. True. I, they just made me very mad by killing my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> they will never be forgiven for that. <laughs> wait, wait. Refresh my memory. Who died? Trip. Oh, right. That's right. I loved Trip. It made me so mad. I'm like, you've ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Tucker Third. I forgot about I that. I loved him so much. I, you know, that was, that was something that I think drew me to the, to the, uh, the, the show was the dynamic between Archer and, and Trip. Mm-hmm. That their, their, their friendship where Archer was trying to be the badass captain that he needed to be. You know, running his father father's warp five engine, but at the same time he could sit there drinking beer, watching water polo with his buddy Trip, you know? and cuddle his beagle, and cuddle his beagle, and <laughs> sneak him cheese every so often. You know? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot to like about Enterprise. I think I think what hurt Enterprise is they tried to modernize too much. Uh, yeah, I would say that's I, – I think that's a big problem with the going back and doing stuff that takes place before these other series and using the special effects and making it all look so much more modern because it, it does take you out of the story a little bit. I you know, it that. kind of makes you go, mm, but why did they have that then and they didn't have it there, you know? I mean, there's there's never going to be any getting around the super dated orange deco on the original Star Trek, but uh, I will I will say something that that I probably will get blasted by every Star Trek fan on the planet. 
as much as I love and respect the original series, and I do, I love and respect it, I would not be opposed to the idea, personally would not be opposed to the idea of, I wouldn't say rebooting it, but maybe remastering some of the background sets and special effects. It could use a facelift. I mean, that being said, there's something in, you know, something to be valued in nostalgia, but there's really no way to make that set sort of not look cheesy. <laughs> There's no way to do it. Well, with, CG, like, with CGI nowadays, I mean, I mean how hard it would, like, would it be to replace a computer console? <laughs> yeah, like if they didn't change it. True. There's no... It's always gonna stick out. <laughs> just... It just is. It's always gonna stick out it's in a always weird gonna way. Be, it's always gonna be children's Legos and Christmas lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very little getting around that. <laughs> oh, man. But oh, overall, overall, season two, Star Trek Discovery, was a total redemption for season one for me. It, it actually... I actually found myself enraptured to want to know what happened next. Uh, yeah. Getting to the, getting to the, the season finale. And I was actually sad to see the uh, season end. I, I really was. Yeah. You know, it so. It was definitely more engaging. They, yeah. they, they definitely, I don't know if they were listening to their fan base or this was a plan all along, but they, they finally seemed to be getting ahead of steam on the series. And like I said, logically the way they ended the season, I would be fine if they said that was it. And, you know, Star Trek Discovery was <laughs> a mini series, but it's enough for me that if they are doing a season three, which I know they are. Um, right, because it's already been confirmed. That I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. And hopefully yeah. they use the opportunity to do, like you said, and take that time as they're exploring this brand new timeline. Yes, and telling new stories, not rehashing old ones. Well, not, not just that. What I was going to say is that they, they could take the time to actually get a little more personal with the crew that's left on the Discovery. Yes, yeah. And they would have so much more freedom because you're not going to have Star Trek fans going, uh, excuse me, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> because we are known to on occasion do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Star Wars fans are just <laughs> as bad. Me. I can't say nothing on that. <laughs> I mean, I think really any passionate fandom is going to be that way. And yes, it's difficult, but it also means that they're passionate about it. Right. Right. You know. Uh, and it, it kind of reminds me of like Galaxy Quest, where people would argue about the placement of certain places on the ship. <laughs> I love that movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the fandom. Like uh, I hate to it be is. that guy, but you know, transporter room C was never next to the galley and uh, on deck E. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it was totally based off the Star Trek fandom, like fans. Oh, of so. Well, so is Orville, and Orville's knocking it out of the freaking park. Yeah, I still need to get caught up on that one. I've just had to be really strict about shows that I know I'll binge watch because then I won't do the things that I need to be doing for my you, book. You, you and I will sit down and we will review Orville once you catch up because you, yes, you you must see Orville. I mean, if I, you yeah. if you're if you're a Trekkie fan. You know, or Trekker, which is it? I've never been clear on that. Is it Trekkie or Trekker? Kind of, I really think it's up to the person. I prefer Trekkie. Other people prefer Trekker. And, like, for some reason, some people get really impassioned about it. And, like, if you choose one, it's, like, an insult to their mother and their honor and yada, yada, yada. 
Whereas I'm just like, I think this one sounds better. <laughs> See, I've always known it as Trekkies, but I've known some some Trek fans that were just like, no, it's Trekkers. Like, like, almost like I, you know, they look at me like they caught me screwing their cat or something. <laughs> it's, it's just like, okay, sorry, you know. My bad. <laughs> well, obviously, you're not a Star Trek fan. What, I can't like yeah. the TV shows and movies? <laughs> no, clearly, because you don't know. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> As I said, I, I, I'm more of a Star Wars than Star Trek fan, so I deal with the Star Trek fan, Star Wars fans just as bad as Star Trek fans deal with Star Trek fans, so I get it. Yeah, I love them equally for different reasons. One is science fiction, one is science fantasy. And that's exactly it. As a Star Wars fan, yes, I like Star Wars more. It appeals more to me. Right. But that doesn't mean I dislike Star I You can't see because I don't have the camera on. I've got the Enterprise sitting on my computer desk. I, I have a, you. I have a <laughs> replica of uh, 1701-A on nice. my desk because I do like Star Trek. I love Star right. Trek. I don't love it as deeply as I do Star Wars where I've dived into the lore as as, right. as, as intently. That doesn't mean I dislike... I've watched all the series. I've watched all the movies. I've yeah. read a couple, not all, because there's like 700 books. There yeah. are so many books. Yeah. I've read very few of them because I'm like, eh. You know. <laughs> this is basically fan fiction someone got permission for. You pretty, know? pretty much, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I mean, never not cared. that there's anything wrong with fan fiction. I have been known to write a few, not in Star Trek, and no one will ever know my fan fiction pin name, but it is there. <laughs> All right, now you know I'm going to have to find out. No. <laughs> well, I won't promote it on the podcast, but I will have to find oh, that. That'll bug me until I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But some of it's so bad because it was when I was, like, learning how to put a story together. Right. So, but, yeah, I mean, I'm like you. I'm actually, I grew up with Star Trek as a more prevalent part of my life and everything. But I love Star Wars, too. I have a stunt-grade lightsaber. I know how to use it. Someone <laughs> I thought was going to break into my house. And I sat in my chair and logically thought, I have swords upstairs. But I don't want to go all the way upstairs because they might get inside while I'm going all the way upstairs to get a sword. I have a lightsaber. Can't stab them in real life, but it's going to scare them when I come out with a lightsaber. And this hurts when it hits you. <laughs> I was about to say, it may not kill, but it'll definitely weld. Oh, it, it'll <laughs> weld. It can hurt. It can crack bones. It's Yeah, my brothers and I have all suffered injuries with lightsaber dueling. <laughs> it's and, and they hurt. They're stunt-grade lightsabers, so they hurt when they hit you. So let's 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 uh, jump on real quick here since we're talking since we were talking about fan fiction and writing. Uh, little known fact is that uh, Kristen Stovall, in case you guys didn't know, because she doesn't really talk about it all that much, she happens to be a writer, guys, uh, a published <laughs> writer. In well, the I don't talk about it here because it's not my platform. <laughs> Well, this pla this is the perfect platform to talk about it because we talk about I mean, all of entertainment. Not my show, so I'm not gonna like. Do you want your own show? I'll, I'll, show. Give, I'll give you the show. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to give all the spoilers. <laughs> Can't do that. But li little little known fact is she's she's got this little book series she wrote. You know, you may have heard of it, the Soul Song Trilogy. of Souls trilogy. <laughs> and she just completed book three. 
Now, now, the reason this is a segue is uh, we are going to be talking about some fantasy, this fantasy genre stuff. As I said in the beginning of the show, we were talking yes. about like you know some Dungeons and Dragons type stuff because of you know some exciting news with Game of Thrones being back, uh, some exciting news about the uh, uh, Lord of the Rings uh, TV series getting in production, you know. But to really segue it in, I mean, we have a fantasy author right here. We do. Guilty as charged. So. <laughs> You know, it could lead into a speculation uh, conversation later on about, you know, uh, other fantasy uh, properties we wouldn't mind seeing becoming TV shows or movies. All of them. Here's your your (laughs) opportunity to throw your pitch for a TV series here. Well, I don't want a TV series. I want major motion pictures. Oh, really? (laughs) With the story as it is, it would definitely translate better to the big screen than a TV series. Well, see, I heard I heard George R. R. Martin was approached a long time ago for his songs of uh, his, his song of Fire and Ice uh, series to be made as movies, and he he turned it down because he didn't think that movies the, the movies would cut down too much of the content. Oh yeah, well, his is more than three books though, True. and they're hyper complicated books. Like they're actually, I no offense to Game of Thrones because I do love it. But I find the books to be a little overcomplicated. Like, I, sometimes I'm just like, really? Do we need to know that that guy's brother dated that dude's cousin? And then they had a, there was a prophecy about their cat that somehow ties into White Walkers. And, like, why? <laughs> why do I need to know all of these things? Please stop. Well, I mean, I, I don't think they could have made them into movies. I think there's just too much for Game of Thrones. Well, I mean, uh, Tolkien was just as guilty. I mean, I, I love the movies and what Peter Jackson did. Not so much the Hobbits, but the the the, the Lord <laughs> oh, of the Rings trilogy. You know, but when you look back on Tolkien's work, I know it's a masterpiece of, of fantasy oh, writing yeah. that a lot of people, you know, absolutely love and adore. It's the Bible to them. I had yes, a hard time. Is. I had a hard time <laughs> reading those books because of. Tolkien's inability to go into pages upon pages of details about a red apple on a table. <laughs> See, I never thought he gave, gave too much detail. But the difference in that is, yes, that he's also really detailed, but the basic story, the overarching plot, is still very focused. And you can condense it down and still stay true to the story and yeah you're gonna lose some of the details and some of the minor characters or not so minor characters tom bombadil tom bombadil Uh, (laughs) i'm so sorry tom bombadil but let's be honest like it would be easy to and oh people are gonna murder me for this like he was a cut that could be made i'm sorry i know people are like he was super important but he was super important because he gave them a piece of information that you can easily have someone else give them. And I like him. He was cool. But, I mean, when you're looking at how a movie has to be put together and how you have to set the stage and everything, he was expendable. Well, and I mean, people are going to murder me for that. I mean, I get I get where the fandom comes from because I was kind of the same way when it came to – besides Tom Bombadil. I'm one of those people who's like, how could you cut Tom Bombadil? You know, but <laughs> – you know, another way I could describe it is, uh, for example, is the Harry Potter movies, uh, particularly the character of Rita Skeeter, uh, who was way more important in the books than she was in the movie. 
Right. You yeah. Know, uh, because she had she had a lot more dealings that put a lot of things in motion in the books that they just they ignored in oh yeah in Order of Phoenix and and Half Blood Prince. They basically made her an annoying mosquito in the movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the book, she actually did have a purpose. It was still annoying, but oh. it was a purpose. <laughs> oh, of course. And I always, I always felt, I actually felt bad for Rita Skeeter in the movies because of that fact that, like, she played an important part in the story. Mm-hmm. And they just erased that and went some other direction with, with, for Harry and company to get the information that she was pivotal for them getting in the books. Right. Right. I've actually only read the Harry Potter books once each. I like them, but I started, I don't know, I just, I do like them. Didn't dislike them, but I, I've never really felt compelled to read them multiple times, which I can and have done with many other books. <laughs> I read Lord of the Rings in three days once. Well, I, I'll admit that uh, my favorite book was Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. And yeah. the reason of being that that was my favorite book was uh, reading reading that story. And spoilers for those that don't know. I'm sure, At this I'm, point, I'm they sure should 20 know. Years from, yeah, 20 years from now, you've read the books, you've seen the movies, you know Dumbledore dies. Okay? Right. <laughs> All right. No, there, there's not really a spoiler there. but it, it, Spoiler alerts have an expiration date. Like, after, let's say, a few years just to be generous, because I personally think that once it's been out long enough to be on DVD and start showing on TV, um, you should know by now. Also, frankly, if it was a book series before it was a movie, then you know what? The answers are out there. You don't get a whine about spoilers. Well, during, during the time of the Half-Blood Prince when, I, when it came out, uh, I was dating this girl at the time, and she read the book first. We went out, we bought it on midnight release. You know, hardback copy, and she read it first, and she had to keep quiet through the whole entire thing so she wouldn't spoil it for me. <laughs> now, during during the time during this time of my life, the only time I could read was when I was taking a shit, taking a bath, or in bed late at night with a book light, so I'm not disturbing her. Right. Right. So I get to that fateful part when Service Snape kills Dumbledore. And yeah. I'm in the bathtub at like two o'clock in the morning, and I woke up. I swear to God, I woke up half the neighbors. And I was like, <laughs> "No fucking way!" <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> and I woke, I woke up my girlfriend at the time, and she's like, "What the hell are you screaming?" Oh wait, you got to the part, didn't you? <laughs> in the bathtub, no less. In the bathtub. <laughs> I hope you didn't drop the book in the tub. <laughs> I almost did. I really did. Yeah, I had to read it twice. You know, I, I had to have read that wrong. You know, but yeah. <laughs> the, the reason I have it's such a special place in my heart, and that is one of my favorite books, is because it actually elicited that response out of me. Right. You yeah. Know? And it, to be fair, I mean, Deathly Hollows did it too when it came, first came out, and I was one of the people I trusted Cerberus. You know, because they had this little thing going on at Borders. They were like, do you trust Severus or do you, do you I, I do you trusted hate? Severus, Snape, yeah. I, I trusted Severus. I believed there was a uh, there was going to be a story involved and turned out I was right. Yeah. But I remember, like, the first chapter of, of you know, Deathly Hollows, and they killed the fucking owl. Right? Right off the bat, I'm like, this is not going to, you know, I had a Luke Skywalker moment. This is not going to go the way I think. <laughs> 
Mine is uh, Goblet of Fire. That one's my favorite because it's the first one that doesn't end with everything seemingly fixed. It's right. the, it was where it took the first real dark turn. And I was like, oh, this is getting real. Oh, Goblet, I, Goblet was when you realized you're not reading a kid's book anymore. Exactly. And that's it was the same <laughs> reason that I like Empire Strikes Back so much is like, oh, oh, wait. Dude got his hand chopped off, and his dad is awful. Right. His dad did it. <laughs> Han is frozen. Luke is missing a hand, and he's uh, Darth Vader's dad. Son, that is not good. I'm interested. Right. <laughs> I mean, I liked the other ones too, but like, it wasn't tied up in this nice, tidy little bow. It was a bridge. I really like bridge stories, apparently. I like when it's not all fixed, as long as at the end it's fixed. I don't want it to be crap at the end, because life has enough bad endings. I read to escape. I don't want shitty endings when what I'm reading. You know what's funny, though? I, I agree with you, but I don't mind when the, when the, the, when the story doesn't have a happily ever after, though. Like, right. Even, even it can have bittersweet. Like, like Lord of the Rings is a perfect example. Like, okay, they defeated Sauron. They threw the ring into the, into Mordor. The the right. orcs, the York army is defeated, but Frodo still dies. Yeah, I mean, there's still consequences, and people still walk away affected by it. Like, I don't want it to be perfect happily ever after. I do like when there's those consequences, and and the fact that yes, they may have defeated their enemy. But there was a price, and you never really – you can't unknow or unexperience those things. They will leave a mark. Right. And so I definitely like that. But I don't like when you you value characters and you get to know them, and, and in some way they become your friends. And then at the end, the author's like, and everyone is dead. The world is on fire. <laughs> Goodbye. You have wasted the time in reading these books. Sorry you were cheering for the good guys. I hate that because then I'm like, why did I read this? <laughs> why I did I go through this? <laughs> I don't I don't mind them so much because they're they're so few and far in between that that you get through that with this TV series, a movie or or a book. Right. You know, most of them have a happy ever after or even if their consequences at the end of it it's it's very minor comparatively, right. but so when those particular stories happen, it's refreshing. It's dark, <laughs> sure, but it's refreshing because I didn't see that coming. I just get mad. I'm like, nope, I'm <laughs> shunning you. You are now shunned. <laughs> well, all right. Well, let's let let before before we really delve into the fantasy other fantasy world. That's not to say that I necessarily do happy endings. Just for the record, because I don't want to add it, have any spoilers. Oh, she was oh she was honest. She knew where I was leading this. It's like <laughs> let's get let's get back to the song of soul. So are you basically <laughs> telling me that there isn't going to be a very happy ending in this? <laughs> I'm not telling you there's a happy ending. I'm not telling you there's not a happy ending. But there's definitely a resolution. There's definitely an ending. <laughs> <laughs> or is there? <laughs> well, let's let, let's jump into it at the beginning. For those that may not have read the books yet, which, by the way, again, in the description down below, go to our official website. 
uh, the Realm of the Myths website. Go to the merchandise page. It's marked as merch, and you can get direct access to Kristen Stovall's book through Amazon. Go order the books. Uh, right now, book one is up. I'm setting up for book two to be put on there as well. But either way, it's someone take... keeps forgetting you to send the information because she's kind of a dork. <laughs> she's kind of dealing with pu- publishing her third book. I could deal with it. But you could probably, probably from the page that the book one will take you to, you could probably search book two. So, you know, either way, go click that right now. Pause this video. Go to our website. Go to the merch page. Go order the book, and when you come back, she's going to give you right now a synopsis of the story thus far. Without spoilers, because I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't read the books yet. But go ahead and give us the journey of your main character and what really – I know the story so much. But for those that may not be familiar, tell us the inspiration behind not only what made you decide to write, but the characters themselves. Well, the inspiration behind it is uh, the loss of my husband when we had been married a year and a half. And he had a brain injury. He, he had it before we were married. He suffered that when he was 18. And because of it, he suffered with depression and chronic pain. And a year and a half after we were married, he ended his life. And, uh, yeah, that kind of leaves you going, well, my life is over now, too. I don't know what's going on. There is no point. Um, but I grew out of that, obviously. Right. <laughs> I, I passed that point. There were a lot of uh, awkward moments of just sort of wallowing in my own misery, but it's good now. <laughs> um, but as I was going through that, I kind of started to think about, you know, everybody says what they would just love to have one more hour with that person or just a chance to say goodbye and I kind of started thinking about what that would be like and a scene started to form in my mind and before I knew it I was like well these characters are kind of interesting who are they really and and then I had these characters developed and after that a story just started going and I realized I had more than one book I had three books so you know don't ever do anything small just dive in don't start with one dive in and do a trilogy (laughs) great piece of advice that wasn't exhausting or stressful at all (laughs) well well, here here's the major question before before the 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 unfortunate uh uh, passing of your of your husband did you even have aspirations of being a writer or even after the passing when you first started exploring this wasn't it more like therapy writing that became a book or was it always the thought like i could write a book um well, that's when fan fiction was happening. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Lord of the Rings. I'll give you that. It was Lord of the Rings fan fiction. Okay. Because, I mean, who doesn't want to play in Middle Earth? <laughs> you know? Only if I get um, a lightsaber. In Middle Earth? I'm, I'm down. <laughs> or do, like, because their swords, if they're made by elves, glow when orcs are nearby. So does that count? <laughs> Only if it goes... <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry, go ahead. You're talking about you. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> Don't let the me take your spotlight. The awkward um wasn't that. The awkward um was my brain just clicked off. <laughs> it happens frequently. Uh, so I started with Finn, and I kind of always thought, oh, it'd be cool to write a book, but I didn't really have a story. Like, I'd have ideas, but they were all, they'd been done before. 
right. there was nothing special about them and nothing unique and nothing to make them stand out. And then after he died, it you know, I hadn't written for a while because I did this thing where I met this guy and I fell in love and I kind of forgot about writing for a little while because I was all caught up in planning a wedding and this life that I was going to have. I did a little bit. I was kind of getting back into it when all of this happened. Um, and then as I got this idea, it kind of gave me a way to say goodbye and work through the feelings. And it gave me a way to talk about them and to talk about those really difficult things that I didn't feel comfortable doing with other people. And if I could put it in these characters and put it in this other world, I was able to say, this is what it was like waking up without him there and screaming into my pillow because that was the only way to get the enormity of that emotion out. Um, so it, it did end up becoming therapy in a lot of ways. And then different things that I had experienced through life started to kind of come out and form and I could use that to inspire this. And yet I was also watching these characters develop and going, this character is not me. This character is not him. <laughs> and now I have people go, so they're about you and your husband, right? And I'm like, no, no. They can do things that I would never have done. Like some of the stuff I do to them, I would have turned and run. Like there would have been, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I would have been like, all right, peace out. Goodbye. <laughs> right. You guys got this, right? <laughs> Um, well, how, so, hard, how hard was it? Let, let, let me interject here. Uh, as you as you well know, I was attempting to try to write a book, uh, <laughs> delving in a world that a friend of mine had created uh, through through uh, radio broadcast. I know the world, and I know the friend. Yeah. Yeah, you, you you know you know, but the other people don't, and it, it's kind right. of it's kind of a Star Trek futurist type story, which yeah. for. For all intents and purposes, it, it's easier, I would think, to try to come up with uh, something for it because it exists in a world that actually exists. You know, Earth exists. The galaxy exists. Mm -hmm. If I have a question about anything, I go Google, you know, right. a star, <laughs> and there it is. I know where it is. How hard was it to not only come up with these characters in the story, but to create the world itself, something that just never existed in, in anything? And now you're creating these kingdoms, these villages, these hills, <laughs> these valleys, these mountains, and so on. The list goes on and on and on. Like, yeah. how did you keep track of it? How did you? How did you even come up with it? <laughs> okay, so confession. <laughs> I still have to go back and look in the books and go. How did I spell that person's name? <laughs> what did I name that town? All right, there we go. <laughs> Not gonna lie, that happens, and it's probably pretty common. <laughs> right. Um, it was hard in some elements. It wasn't the broad stroke ideas were easy. It was then finding the little details and figuring out how to describe them, and also figuring out how to set them apart from things that have already been done and there's a lot of high fantasy out there so a lot of things have already been done <laughs> right. uh, but I also enjoy looking at folklore and looking at elements that we don't see as often in fantasy like everybody sees I mean, and there are elves and dwarves in my books oh okay so I just gave you a spoiler for the third book on accident <laughs> 
I would say I would edit it out, but uh, I'm not going to remember it's the timestamp. It's not time a stamp. huge spoiler, and there's already I, – I said there were dwarves, and as I recall, there's actually dwarves in the first one too, so it's fine. Okay. Yes, there, there, were. there were dwarves, by the way. Yeah. I've actually read but the only, I like, still haven't slightly. read the second one yet because i got to get a hold of my girl's ten, uh, Kindle. <laughs> That's where we have the second book. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I have read the first one, so yes, there are dwarves in the first one. <laughs> if they're like, just mentioned, they're really in the peripheral. Right. Um, I keep saying um. <laughs> it's because I'm trying to go back through and get back to the first book and think about what's in the second book and what I can't say because it's in the third book and it's a little bit hard. <laughs> well, just, just treat it just treat it like you're trying not to spoil the first and second books either because again, right. people that are hopefully listening True. to this want to be in, that want to be introduced to the world of the Song of Souls trilogy. Yeah. You know, they got to start with book 1 anyway. And it's really hard to give descriptions of the books and not you you have to think about it the whole time and think can I say this or can't I say this? But what about this? It's, there's this inner monologue happening in my head right now about what can be said and what can't. <laughs> so it, it was hard. There are little tricks. Like I will go look at fantasy name generators and, and look at those for ideas for names. And then I might find something I like and, and change it up a little bit. The village that she's from is actually, I think, an auto repair shop in my town. She's from a village <laughs> called Brittendale, and I was with my friend as I was writing it, and I saw this sign that said Brittendale, and I'm like, oh, that's a name. I changed the spelling a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, But just little things like that, there are definitely things that are inspired by stuff I see. There's a, a location that they go to that is named after a lake in Missouri, okay. which I, I changed a little bit as well. I look up a lot of Celtic names and then change them just slightly. I'll look up the meaning of a name if I want a character to have a, like, so that's another fun thing people can do is if they, you know, they could look up the meaning of a character's name. And sometimes it does relate to who that character is. It's just a few rare occasions where those are actually little clues. Right. The hardest part is planting the hints and, and the seeds for stuff that you aren't going to really show till maybe the end of the second book or even the third book. Those right. are the harder parts and then keeping it going. Well, did you did you have a, a a table of contents, bullet points, uh, throughout the writing of the trilogy, where it's like in this book I want to hit these key points that'll lead to this book and these key points, and they'll lead to this book and these key points, or was it all pretty much organic? Wherever you cut off, that's where you cut off, and then you had to think about it in the next book on how to make that end tie into this end. It was a bit of a mix. Okay. Of, of both of them. Some things I like I actually knew the ending. I didn't I knew that there were two possible endings from the get-go. Okay. I had not decided until toward the end of the second book which ending I was going to go with. Oh wow. Because I yeah. But I I knew I kind of had to see how it played out and how I felt about the characters and how I felt about the world before I could decide how it was going to end. Hey, I'm just I'm just envisioning you being in a very bad mood 
one day <laughs> to writing out the last page of fuck it, they're doomed in book three. <laughs> I mean, I do like to hurt them. <laughs> and the bad thing is, the more I like a character, the more I'm like, you're going to suffer. <laughs> well, remind me never to ask to be a character in one of your books. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be fun, though? I could give you, like, some awesome, epic death. They're just like, you could be like, make it as gruesome as possible. And I'm like, on it. Here we go. Well, now that and you, you said it that way. And you can typing. Well, now that, you, now that you said it that way, <laughs> especially since I know that this is not the end of your writing career, with the end of this trilogy, you are talking about doing other ventures. Mm-hmm. So. There will be a prequel. It's kind of a prequel. It's a prequel in the sense that The Hobbit is a prequel to Lord of the Rings. They're not, it's not really a prequel, but there are some tie-ins. Right. And there is going to be at least one spinoff, but I have not decided if it will be its own trilogy, and it will be with different characters. But it's still going to be within the 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 canon of of right. these these three books. Yes, and there is one character, one main character who later on down the road might get his or her own book. Well, let me let me ask you this then. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman or R.A. Salvatore, and they've brought us great characters that have tied into an, an over an umbrella title, if you will. You know, yeah. with their individual stories, the same the same way as we have like six or seven podcasts here, all under the the, the, the umbrella name of Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Yes. Uh, will this trilogy spawn its own? brand if you will i mean will it all be song of souls or is song of souls the trilogy itself and you're going to give the series its own overarching title yeah song of souls is is in and of itself the trilogy that story is going to be started and ended there the other characters might, you know, weave in and out. Some of the characters might weave in and out of different stories, but probably, probably not as main characters, except perhaps one of them. I'm, I'm not gonna say never. One of these days, I may wake up and they're whispering in my head that they have a story to tell. You know? Right. But as of right now, they don't. It was kind of sad when I finished. They were just quiet for like. Five, six years, I always kind of had, not that I was like schizophrenic and actually had voices, but you know, their voices and that story was there. And then when I finished, it just wasn't. And it was sad and quiet and satisfying at the same time. Peace and purpose. Yeah. <laughs> let me just let me just twist that knife to all the Star Wars fans right there with that phrase. No. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, so so there is an idea of, of an over uh, a a a brand title that will connect all the stories together in some way, shape, or form. A a dragon lance, if you will, to, to your stories. I haven't actually thought about giving it a brand title. This is actually the first time I've ever considered that. (laughs) (laughs) The plan has not been to do that, but it could happen. They'll definitely be related, like interwoven. And I don't plan on only writing these books. I I plan on branching out. It's just, in fact, I'm hoping that once this is finished, 
either I'll write the sort of prequel f- next. It will be a little while because I get a break. <laughs> hey, I can always use he- I can always use help with uh, Born Another Man. <laughs> you got to write your own stories, though. I can't write someone else's. People are always going, you want to write something with me? No. <laughs> or no, it's not with me because I'm a little more open to that. But when someone says, will you write something for me? I'm like, I can't. I just, it's not my story. I can't write it for you. Right, <laughs> you <know>? no. <laughs> um, I'm author though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I really do got to get booked about that book. But yeah, this is this. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do have some stuff I want to do in, in different worlds. I say that, but I have a sneaking suspicion that this one will always be the one that kind of knocking at the door, taking priority. Well, let me let me ask you this: uh, with the song of uh, Song of Souls trilogy complete, and once it releases, what's when's the release date for the third book? August fifteenth. August fifteenth. It 15th. would it would have been my dad's birthday, and since he actually died before any of them came out, it was really important to me to have the last one come out on his birthday. That's fitting. That that that's really fitting. <laughs> but with that with that being said, and I know you want to delve back into their world eventually, uh, the characters and everything else. Uh, would you? The other projects that you may have in mind, are they going to still be high fantasy or are you going to be trying your hand at, say, Dune? (laughs) Never Dune because I don't think I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) I love Dune, by the way. (laughs) One of them is kind of sci-fi. It's futuristic anyway, one of the ideas. And I'm also considering doing a period piece that has some paranormal elements to it. Okay. So that one is if if I do it, and it's a massive if. That's something I would probably be working on with someone else. And then I also want to delve into a little bit, um, maybe Arthurian legend, and some possible ways to do that. Not necessarily in a modern world, but not in a way people expect. Okay, but you're you're talking about like knights and and all, but in more of the realistic uh, uh, mindset as opposed to uh, the the Dungeons and Dragons esque uh, over the top fantasy medieval worlds. Right. It would right. definitely delve more into Arthurian legend. It it would actually have some stuff to do with reincarnation, which I, I don't actually believe in, but I find really fascinating. So I would like to. So, so you're talking about the rebirth of King Arthur? Maybe. Ooh. Maybe someone else. Can I be King Arthur? I could have a horrific <laughs> death. <laughs> Pretty sure King Arthur is King Arthur. <laughs> yeah, but his his soul is resurrected in me, and then I die as I pass along Excalibur to your to your hero. Yeah, uh, I might, but who says I'm gonna do the Arthurian legend the way people think it is? <laughs> no, that's true. No, that it sounds interesting. I mean, it definitely. I, I'm curious about your sci-fi and you know, being a big sci-fi yeah. fan. Like, uh, I, I'd say I, I love fantasy, but I, I love sci-fi just a smidge more. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, like again, with right. Star Wars, Star Trek, Dune, uh, Battlefield Earth. You know, not just not just the movies, but like the books and stuff, right. and stuff like that. Right. So, you know, I, I'm super excited to hear you got a sci-fi idea. I'd love to see what you're going to do with that. It's kind of sci-fi. It's not sci-fi necessarily in like the spaceships and everything way. I would just say it's sci-fi in that it's it's futuristic. 
but it definitely has sci-fi elements and it's one that I, I do plan on actually writing. It's just a very complicated plot and it's going to take time for me to get it figured out. Right. No. <laughs> I don't it's a expect super it. complicated I... plot for that one and I'm like, am I smart enough to do this? <laughs> <laughs> I really am having those. Am I smart enough for this? Oh, it's not like I expected to be on my front porch next week. Um, <laughs> I'll give you two weeks on that. <laughs> oh, yay. So it'll be out before the third book. There you go. <laughs> Let me just start writing that, like, last year. <laughs> well, the big the big thing I'm going to ask you, because, again, I haven't read the book two yet, but you were you were just talking about how you like the bridge story and, and how that's usually where everything falls to shit for, for the characters and everything else without mm-hmm. spoiling. Because, again, I don't want to give anything away to people that haven't read the books yet, myself included. Right. But would you say that you pretty much uh, did that with book two? And if so, is book two out of your trilogy your favorite? The answer you're going to get is wait until the third book is out to read book two. (laughs) (laughs) Because otherwise you might, I don't know, kill me a little. (laughs) (laughs) I may or may not have been yelled at a few times by people. Nice. <laughs> I don't know that it's my favorite. I I don't... There are things about it I am happier with than with Soulbound, but I think it's really just a matter of experience and growing and knowing the world and knowing what I was doing a little bit better. Gaining your own confidence. In, in your story and what you were doing, yeah. I will say that you learn what's really going on in book two. Nice. <laughs> now see, see, now I got to yell at Jen to give give up the the Kendall because I've got to read it. <laughs> I've got to read it. I, I do. I, I I don't know how many times since since I you know rushed through reading book one so I could review it for you, and during that time, <laughs> book two came out. Yeah, because it came out. Either shortly before or shortly after I started doing Realm of the Mist. I think it was, it was right around that time. It was, there was not a big difference in time. Right. You know, and, and we went out after we got the book. We went out and, and Jen found it on, on, on Amazon and she ordered it for her Kindle. And it sat on her Kindle forever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can't read it till she reads it. So I got to wait on her. But I got to read this book. Especially before the third one comes out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then another thing to do would be possibly go back and read the first one after you've read the second one and see if you pick up on any of the little things I put in there. Yeah, because there were some things I said in the review that, like, I didn't really catch the meaning of. Right. I was super subtle with some of my hints because I really wanted Soulbound to be... have a satisfying enough ending that it could stand alone in case it took a while for me to get the third one out. Well, here, here's, here's a good question then, because I know that when you, when you first concept, uh, had conception of the idea of the song of souls trilogy, it was literally just song of souls. It was one story, kind of how George Lucas's star Wars was one story that he had to break into three parts. But the first one was always going to be Soulbound. Song of Souls came up when I decided to make it a trilogy. Okay, fair enough. Well, Soulbound was going to be one full, complete story, and you had to uh-huh. break it up. So, right. 
I lost my train of thought on what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, with the with the with the fact that you did have to separate it into three separate stories, would you say that now that the third book is about to come out, are you more excited for people to be able to read all three books together, or was it more exciting releasing them individually and making people wait for the next one because they sat there and speculated that much more often? Oh, I I don't know because it's both a little I like when people speculate and I like that people are like oh what's gonna happen but at the same time I am so tired of not telling people what's gonna happen (laughs) I want to tell the spoilers it takes all of my self-control not to do it all of it like my really close friends I'm always like do you want a spoiler (laughs) (laughs) I'm really bad about that like the ones that like have been really kind of right in there from the beginning sometimes i offer them spoilers and they usually say no they have more self-control than i do well here's a question since they're they're your in crowd they're your they're your pizza shop uh jury if it's bon (laughs) Bon jovi reference for those that don't know you know when he released uh slippery when wet they before they recorded the album they played it at a pizza shop in new jersey the songs to a bunch of people they invited in to find out if they thought that the songs were decent. Then mm-hmm. it later became known as the pizza shop jury. So your own, <laughs> your own, your own personal pizza shop jury, did any of them wind up being characters in your books or at least represented or representative of characters in your books? Yes. Yes. Nice. Um, yeah, actually, one of the main characters, the wizard, is based off a very, very close friend who is not someone who knows any of the spoilers because he didn't want them. But yeah, Lysander is based off of a really dear friend who was just absolutely there for me after my husband died. And then another character is based off of a friend of mine. And then there are some minor characters that are based off of friends. Actually, all of my siblings have a character in there only one of them is even a semi main character and i'm going to shame my brother right now because my book has been out for five years and the other one has been at the one that his character is in has been out for a couple of years he's the only sibling who hasn't read my books <laughs> well i was about i was about to ask do the people that that are represented as characters like like the wizard do they know that's them or did they pick up on it when they read the books they know that's them because I let them know ahead of time. And also, my friend has a beagle, which is why the wizard has a beagle. And the, <laughs> the beagle's real name is uh, Bradley. In the book, it's Bailey, but the, the dog's real name is Bradley. And he's as sweet and cuddly and awesome as, as he is in the book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. On that, on that note, I'm going to go ahead and uh, move, move the conversation on. But before we do, guys, go – Go to the uh, website right now. Go to the pay. Go to the merch page. Go pick up Soulbound, the first book of the Song of Souls trilogy. And of course, you'd be able to look up the Song of Souls book two, which is uh, Soulfire. Soulfire. Thank you. I, I always mm-hmm. tongue tie on that. Soulfire. <laughs> uh, that link will be up on the on the merchandise page soon. But you could, like I said, when it takes you to the Amazon page, you could just look up Soulfire to get book two. Go right. pick up these books before uh, August fifteenth, so that way you're set for the release of the third and final book of the Soul Song of Souls trilogy by Kristen. Stovall. Guys, it, it's an awesome series. It's uh, it's definitely an up and coming uh, in in the fantasy <laughs> genre. Uh, you guys will not be disappointed in it. Billy Boyd owns a copy. 
That's he true. He played Pippin in Lord of the Rings. He owns a copy. That is true, <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. When this episode releases, I'm going to send it to people like John Jackson Miller. Maybe they'll buy uh, a book. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Maybe. And if you guys like it, leave a review. If you don't, I mean, you can do other stuff with your time. You don't have to leave reviews. <laughs> 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 there you go. But we're going to stay on the fantasy forum. And actually, uh, right now, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into the fact that one of your major inspirations was Lord of the Rings. We're, we're pretty much pretty much in this whole entire conversation. Everybody could pick up on that. Really? How? It's so subtle. I don't know. I think I think it's, I think it's back in the big when we were talking about Star Trek Discovery that I really picked up that you're a Lord of the Rings fan. Also, I said I wrote Lord of the Rings fan fiction. That that, that may have been a clue. That may have been a clue. See, she's testing to see if I'm paying attention. Um, you had mentioned. Well, we a lot of people do know, but you had mentioned that there is a Lord of the Rings TV series coming. Yes. To Amazon, is it? Yeah, I believe it's Amazon. And Amazon Prime is, is releasing the Lord of the Rings TV series. Mm-hmm. And obviously from, from your reaction right there, you are super excited to delve back into the world of Middle Earth. Especially since, according to everything I've read, it's supposed to like focus on the elves. I love the elves. <laughs> there used to be a thing back when Lord of the Rings was out. When you really liked elves, you were called a pervy elf fancier. <laughs> okay. I I own the name because I mean I love elves. <laughs> hey, look when I saw when I saw the Peter Jackson movie, I, I'll admit it. Orlando Bloom was the prettiest girl in the movie. He was pretty. He's he pretty. Was, he, he was pretty. Always, yeah, yeah. He's gotten a little squidgy around the edges now, yeah, but yeah. Elron <laughs> Elron needed to shade that five o'clock shadow though. <laughs> I have a friend who absolutely loves Elrond, and and through her and like. And her writing, I suddenly went, oh, okay, yeah, he's kind of (laughs) sexy. Well, since you do have more information on this this TV series than I do at the moment, uh, Mm -hmm. has there been any uh, leakage or or statements yet on on (laughs) what time frame this uh, takes place in within the uh, Lord of the Rings mythos or... or, uh, Basically, is it like a prequel? Is it a sequel? Is it something that's happening during the War it's, of the Ring? It's you definitely know. before the Lord of the Rings. Um, I don't know that they've outright said Silmarillion, but they have said things that kind of sound like it might be dealing with that time era. Okay. Definitely earlier on with the elves, and it will be amazing. <laughs> I'm not biased. <laughs> Now, are we talking? It better about, be amazing, or I will be very upset. <laughs> are we talking? Are we talking about the Rivendale elves, or are we talking about the ones that were being led by uh, Kate uh, Winslet's character? Which, for some reason, the name is escaping me. It might be different elves entirely, but a lot of the elves, because they're immortal, uh, like they were. Even if it's not about Rivendell or Lothlorien, some of the elves still could have been involved at that time. I like. There was a place called Gondolin. It might have to do with that place and those elves, and that may have been men. I don't. I don't have the history as well as as well memorized as other fans do because I, I used to, and then I decided to write my own book and, and make that history. And <laughs> my brain can only handle so much of that information. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Although so, I had a friend once tell me that my brain was a database of useless information. <laughs> and that's why which you're is accurate. <laughs> that's why you're on Realm of the Myths podcast. <laughs> I made it useful. I made a book trilogy. See, it there was useful. <laughs> I'm right there with you, sister. I created a podcast because I had a brain full of useless information. You made it useful. There you go. <laughs> Let's talk so, about let's talk about entertainment and movies and TV and I can spout out useless facts that I've known <laughs> my whole entire life that nobody's given a shit about till now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Until it became really cool to be a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I know what color underwear Peter Parker used to wear. This- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but <laughs> Well, I mean you've really dropped the ball on that one, but I you know. There's a lot of useless information out there, and you can only retain so much. That's it, yeah. So, priorities. Priorities. But <laughs> do, do we have a release date on, on when the uh, the first season or the pilot should drop? I don't think so, but I could be wrong on that. I, everything I've seen has had the same information where it's like, it's going to be about the elves, and it's going to be before Lord of the Rings, like the early stories of the elves. But, okay, like you were saying before, Tolkien went into a lot of detail. Right. And a lot of history. So, that could be anything. <laughs> There's a lot to go through. Well, do you think, well, let me ask you this, that we'll go into a little bit of speculation here. Uh, do you think that we'll delve into anything dealing with the Ring of Power? Or the Poss- other rings that tie into the Ring of Power? The ones that were gifted to the elves and the, the men and the dwarves? And I mean, I really wouldn't be surprised if for no other reason than fan service. But it may not ever really be anything except they mention this thing and Lord of the Rings obsessed people go, bah, it means a thing and I know that, you know, and they just wig out like I will inevitably do. (laughs) (laughs) Nice save there because almost for a second I could hear all the fans listening of Lord of the Rings going, dude, she's picking on us. That like no, I they will inevitably, they inevitably do. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, she's one of us. She's she's got it. <laughs> we know our language. We all know we're guilty of it. <laughs> now I I love I love the movies and I did read the the books and it kind of it kind of falls under the same thing as I was saying about Harry Potter and the, the Half Blood Prince. The sixth book was my favorite book, but it was the worst movie. My f- yeah, it really was. My my favorite Lord of the Rings book was actually The Hobbit. <laughs> Which is not technically Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Which is not technically Lord of the Rings, but it ties into the Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah. I liked the trilogy, but I really loved The Hobbit book. Right. So I was super excited for The Hobbit movies. And then they tried to make the Hobbit movies the Lord of the Rings instead of just letting them be the Hobbit. Yeah, they they, they really pissed me off with that. Well, Tolkien himself said that he wrote that as more of a children's book. It was never meant to be the large-scale epic that Lord of the Rings was. It was meant to be a self-contained, fun story. Well, yeah, it's only tie-in to the Lord of the Rings was was, uh, uh, Bilbo getting the ring. Right. And originally, I was just reading this the other day, and I have not fact-checked it, but I, you know, I would assume it's probably factual because people know things about Tolkien. Originally, it was not going to be the One Ring. His publishers told him to do that. Really? 
Yeah. What was it originally going to be? According to be... what I read, what it was it? just going to be a magical ring. Oh, okay. I'm just going to put the fact claimer on there that I, like the disclaimer that I didn't delve really deeply into fact checking on that. But that's, I've, I've heard in other places too that. Well, it makes kind of sense because I mean the, 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 the trilogy or the books themselves was known as the Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Plural. Yeah. And now we're talking about the one ring, you know, singular. It's almost like all the other rings that were gifted to the men, to the men, to the dwarves, to the elves. I was sitting there going, is he going to get it right? (laughs) You know, is, is they're, they're nothing. They're just jewelry compared to the one ring. So, you know, isn't this supposed to be a story of multiple rings? You know, which in the long run, as far as the film franchise is concerned, couldn't there be other one rings obviously well Tolkien... i mean they just call it that because he was the lord of all the rings that he made and right. it was about sauron that jerk that jerk that jerk <laughs> i mean he ruins every every family reunion and you oh. cannot keep clear eyes around him like you just go through it like crazy you just you just have not forgiven him after that 111th birthday no, no. You do not crash somebody's 111th birthday. That's just rude. <laughs> God. I'm proud of myself that I didn't tongue-tie that. <laughs> I did a little bit. So 11 years. 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that's, a, that's a hard one. Every time I li- – even from the movie, the first time I, I watched the movie, I had to, like, sit there and it's like, did he just say it the way I think he said it? <laughs> yeah, and if you listen, he actually does tongue tie a little bit when he's saying it. Yes, he does. The he's like, <laughs> you can tell his tongue is going. I've just got to get this line out. I've just got to get this line out. This one part. <laughs> I got I got Carrie Fisher uh, talking about Star Wars, the dialogue of Star Wars in my ear right now as we're talking about this and him flubbing the line or, or tongue tying on the line, <laughs> and I just hear her saying, "You could uh, you could write this stuff, but you can't actually say it." <laughs> <laughs> it's like Star Trek techno babble. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, super excited for for a Lord of the Rings show. Uh, yeah. Definitely want to see what they're going to do with that. Just, uh, hopefully, they do it right. Yeah, well, I was about to say, hopefully, this is the uh, redemption for the embarrassment that was the Hobbit trilogy. Could have been so good. It could have. It really, could. especially because the so lead good. dwarf, the one, the one that played uh, Doran. Doran? Yeah, Doran, the lead dwarf. The actor was phenomenal. I yeah, Richard the Armitage. Char- He's great. Yeah, the, 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 the character was wonderful. Yeah. He, I actually became a fan of his when he was doing a Robin Hood series for the BBC, and he played Sir Guy. He was like okay. a bad guy, but like, oh, he was fantastic in that role. Sir Guy Gisborne. Yeah, absolutely was, right? yeah. stole every scene he was in. Wow. You, know, you should look it up and, and see it. It's a little like it was obviously made for kids and everything, but it is worth just watching him in that role. I, I, I'll definitely have to check that out because, like I said, he was one of the biggest things that I took away from that that movie or that mm. movie trilogy. It's like he, he was phenomenal. Oh, he it's was. Too bad the movies were horrible. But and it was, was because they added all this extra stuff instead of sticking with the source material and respecting it for what it was. Oh, like the singing fat uh, goblin? 
I, I, I still. I don't every forgive Every time that. I say, "Well, that'll do it," I just think of the the fat goblin. <laughs> I I don't forgive that. We were, we we're talking about not forgiving things earlier. I don't forgive that. Yeah, I also don't forgive him making all of the dwarves that die the hot ones. Could not <laughs> one of the hot ones been one that lived? I mean, I don't dream about Disney princesses. I dream about Tolkien, or I don't dream about Disney princesses. I don't. I dream about the princes, one, from the live-action Cinderella, but, like, all the hot dwarfs dead, not <laughs> one of the good-looking ones could have been one that lived. Like, come on, man, respect your girl fan base. We want one hot guy to come away from this. <laughs> See, I had, a pro- I had a problem with, like, a couple of them not having beards. I was okay with one of them. I was, I was okay with it. I enjoyed the view. Well, again, I was already a fan of that character, though, or that actor, though. Right, but you know, coming coming from a Dungeons and Dragons background and, right. and everything else, dwarves have beards. Even the women have fucking beards. Why is this <laughs> dude clean shaven? <laughs> I don't know if the, all the dwarves in my books have beards. I don't think I actually went that I delved that deeply into it. But my dwarves are a little bit different as well. So right, because <laughs> I was like, I want to do this, but I want to do it a little different. <laughs> your 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 dwarves were more like uh, uh, Tyrion in in Game of Thrones. They were little people. They weren't necessarily a race of being dwarves. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of, I mean, in my head, they're sort of a race of being dwarves, but I do view them more as little people. Right. You know, and speaking of Tyrion, hey, oh. for, for those that don't know, there's this, this little independent TV show. Yeah. Uh, on, on one of those. It's really obscure. It's really obscure on one of those, like, backwater channels called HBO. <laughs> you know, um, this this there's, there's a show based on this book. It's kind of a cult classic. Uh, yeah, I think there's something like dragons and ice zombies and stuff like that happening in it. I don't know. Like only a few people watch it. And, and dwarves who fuck anything under the sun while drinking <laughs> things. They drink and they know things. They drink and they know things. I, I'm telling you, I'm gonna get that tattooed on my on my like butt or something. <laughs> I swear to God, that's the greatest. I was line just ever. waiting for you to say it was gonna be your butt. I was expecting the word ass, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we're talking about the the final season of Game of Thrones has started, and we are two episodes out of six in. Oh, God. Yeah, after next week, the season, the final season will be halfway over. Oh, my God. It's so heartbreaking, isn't it? I mean, each season season up until, like, last season was always ten episodes anyway. So, I mean, we're only losing four episodes, but, God, we lost four episodes. (laughs) <laughs> and it's the last season, so we lost four of the last episodes. <laughs> and we lost three the season before because there was only seven yeah. episodes in, in season yeah. seven. So, oh. you know, yeah. it, 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 it's so heartbreaking. But can we, first off, obviously you're caught up. Yeah. Okay. And I know, oh, yeah. I know oh, episode yeah. two, I know episode two just came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. So... This one, I'm going to warn you now, guys, we're going to be spoiler on this. So at this point, if you have not seen that episode yet, if it's on your DVR or whatever, you may want to pause this and go watch the movie before we talk about it. Yes. You know, so you've been warned. Yes. Fair warning. You have been warned. Carry on at your own peril. We do not have the men in black flashy thing. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and play this right here real quick. You won't hear it, but the fans will. 
fucking twat. We got ourselves a fucking spoiler. There we go. The little spoiler uh, warning from our good friend Richard J, who gave it to us a long time ago, who, while sitting on a toilet, said, Hey, you dizzy cunt, we got ourselves a fucking spoiler. In his Welsh, <laughs> in his Welsh accent. So, <laughs> is it a real Welsh accent? He's really Welsh. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, you, when you listen to the replay, you'll hear it at this point. So. Nice. <laughs> but uh, except yeah. I'll have to just go past every part where I talk because I can't stand the sound of my own voice when I hear it recorded. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, do I sound that way? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, you guys listening, and you've been warned. You know, if you don't want epi- uh, this season of Game of Thrones spoiled for you thus far, stop listening. Go watch the episodes and then come back. Okay, but uh, we're going to be talking about season one and two, and then we're going to be speculating about what we episode see. one and two. Sorry, episode. <laughs> sorry, episode one and two, and then we'll be speculating about what we see in the foreseeable future. Death. Death. <laughs> It's Game of Thrones, so probably death and sex. Well, I, I think we could talk about episode one and two simultaneously because everything really thus far is tying in together. Episode one should have been named "Reunions that we don't all we we don't need to see every single one of." <laughs> it really could, but there there were some takeaways like uh, Samuel, there were. Samuel Tarly finally t- the, the big spoiler, you know, yes. telling telling Jon Snow that his his uh, real lineage is that he is. Aegon Targaryen, the sixth of his name, and the rightful heir to the Iron Throne. The Iron Throne. Yes, I was really surprised they revealed that this early in the season. I expected them to draw that out for a couple episodes at least, because they kind of have done that in the past, where there's something coming, and they just like sort of give you little snippets and snippets and snippets, and then finally they let it happen. So I was fully expecting that to be the case with this. I did not expect it in the first episode. Well, what were you, what were you expecting? They wouldn't reveal it until, like, after they defeated the, the, uh, the, the Night King's army and, <laughs> and defeated Cersei and took over King's Landing, and as... Uh, <laughs> As Danny's heading up to the throne, off. handing up to the throne, that's when that's when uh, Samwise. Oh, excuse Sam me. Uh, turned, oh, hold on, that's uh, his no. Chair. <laughs> <laughs> that's his seat. No, I thought maybe it'd be like in the second or third episode. <laughs> okay. You know, I just figured maybe there would be bigger concerns than that right away, since there is an army of ice zombies coming to eat their faces off. Although I don't think ice zombies do a lot of face eating. I think there's just death. Yeah, kill, and then all of a sudden you're my brother. Kill, now let's go hang out. Yeah, kill, kill you. Kill, now let's you, go chill. We'll kill you. We'll get you some blue eyes. It's all good. Come on, let's we'll get you some contacts. You can join the group. That's that's Ed back over there. All right. He makes a yeah. He's great. He's great. Don't ask him about last Wednesday. Trust me. Has anybody seen my leg? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, but uh yeah. So that that was that was the major takeaway more than anything else in my mindset for for episode 1. Well, that ended the way the episode ended with uh with uh Jamie Lannister coming into Winterfell yes. and uh, first major person stare down see, happening. Uh-huh, <laughs> is, is little little Beetle Boy sitting in the wheelchair staring right back at him. I saw this fantastic meme that had Jamie and it said, you know, on top. And then there was a picture of Bran on the bottom. And underneath Jamie, it says, hi, Bran, do you need a push? And on Bran, it goes, 
do you need a hand? It's <laughs> 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 the best they made my day. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, then, then, obviously, we picked up right where that left off, left off in season two. There was or another episode big, episode, big thing in, in episode one with John riding a dragon. Yes, yes, but that was kind of... You know, uh, I actually they made saw, it a little comic reliefy, though. They made it a little comic reliefy, and and I have seen Facebook videos where people did that whole entire scene, and they played uh, uh, Aladdin's A Whole New World. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, so and, yeah. and that's kind of that's kind of how it felt, you know. But you could it definitely... did because it ended with them making out and the dragon like being all weird and. Staring at them. <laughs> that was funny to me. The, the, the dragon yeah. just giving him that look. It like, was a little like, oh, right. I didn't know dragons were into watching. Well, that one was like, what are you doing to my mommy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, are you hurting my mommy? <laughs> <laughs> I like how they kind of, he met the dragon's eyes and he's just like, it's going to eat me, isn't it? You could just tell that's what he was thinking. Oh, God, it's going to eat me. <laughs> But we did, we did have that. We did have that fantastic reveal, as well as the way the rest of the uh, entourage, Tyrion, Davos, uh, uh, the 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 eunuch. I can't remember his name for the life of me. Varys. Varys. Thank you. There's so many names. I really can only remember about a third of them. Well, that's why I'm trying to stay on the main characters here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, how how they're actually looking at the relationship between Danny and John yeah. as. Why can't why can't both rule? Why can't why yeah. can't the Seven Kingdoms be ruled by a just rule uh, a just queen and a good man? Yes, you know, type deal. So that was they, a great line. That was a fantastic line. It really was. But you know, again, you got to remember these people they don't have, know they don't know their the truth. aunt and nephew. Although Targary- Targaryens have a long history of incest. Right. And I will just say also that Danny and John kind of make you question your moral compass a little bit <laughs> because you're like, oh, it's perfect. Ooh, oh, but maybe, oh, but they're so good together. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I equate again. I go back to Star Wars. I equate it back to uh, to to uh, Empire Strikes Back when Leia plants that that deep passionate kiss on Luke. <laughs> Right. You know, and we're all weirded out by it now because we now know that Luke and Leia were brother and sister, but they didn't know back yeah. then. You know? Yeah. So when we first saw the like the little getting together between Danny and John, we we're like, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, and then in the middle of aunt. it, they reveal and you're like, oh. oh, even though I think most a lot of people already kind of had guessed that that was the case. I mean, but also point out like in. It's not like incest is completely a foreign idea in royal families, particularly even those close familiar bonds. Like, if you look at our own history, it's happened. Not that I'm justifying it. It's just that, like, it's not an out-of-nowhere idea that they could still be together. No, you're not You're not wrong. And especially, like, you, you talked about, like, it, it's a battle of moral compass. You're talking about a show that has battled moral compasses since the beginning. <laughs> exactly. Like, we're all, we're all rooting for Jamie Lannister, who literally was fucking his sister and pushed a kid out a window for seeing it. I know. And yet, <laughs> now you like him. You're like, oh, but he's changed. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like this show, this show does everything possible to make you question your moral it does. compass. You know? It really and, and, does. And even more so is the fact that you think about the fact that it did come from a book series from uh, R.R. Martin, which ma- makes you question like his sanity and moral compass. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> now, granted, since season five, we've been in uncharted territory because there is no book six yet. The yeah. Winds of Winter has never been released, so there's not even to say that Winds of Winter will end the way that the series, the the, right. the, the TV series is going to end. But we're, we're jumping ahead of ourselves here. Where we're at in the TV series, uh, so we pick up where, where episode one left off mm-hmm. of, of Jamie coming to Winterfell, and now he's standing be- before... The, the council. He's standing before John yeah. and, and Sansa Daenerys. and Daenerys and Sansa and Daenerys are ready to throw his ass <laughs> out to the dire wolves. Yeah they're, yeah, they're they're ready to throw him to the dire wolves. And it was Brianna Tarth who turns around and saves his dumb ass. Because even him trying to stand up for uh, even 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 Tyrion trying to stand up for his brother it's like, well, you also told me you knew your sister. You fucked up there. I'm about to throw right. your ass to the wolves, too. Yeah. But Brienne of Tarth stood up and said he was a man of honor, and that changed Sansa's mind, at which point Daenerys was outvoted. Right, and she didn't like that. No, she did not. Well, there's a lot of things she doesn't seem to like. Like, uh, again, spoiler, 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 spoiler. When she's trying to make amends with Sansa, it always comes down to, I want to be your friend. I want to be cool. I want you to, but to, only to on my line, terms, but only on my terms. And when Sansa turns around and says, well, what about the North? When you take the Iron Throne, what about the North? We swore right. that we would never bend knee to anyone ever again. Yeah. And then winter came into that room. Hardcore. Oh yeah. <laughs> there was a chill in the air all of a sudden. And the same, the same deal as, as, as where the season, I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself here, but where the episode ended, where we're in the crypts with John, and yep. she comes as being kind of loving to him as he's staring at the the, the statue yep. of his mother. And, you know. And he reveals to her. He reveals to her who he, who he is. And her first thought isn't, oh, God, I fucked my nephew. or It's, oh, he's got a claim to the throne. You have the, You have a claim to my throne. Which like, I think is really telling about that character. Do we? Do we? I was about to ask you. Do we think Danny's going to go the way of of uh, the Mad King? Is she so drunk for spending her whole entire life trying to to retake the throne and avenge her family? Is she so power drunk by that that she's losing sight of what it all meant to begin with? Yeah. See, and I, I've wondered about that too. I don't know that she's. I think she's at a point where she could redeem herself. I I could see them having it where there's definitely a division for a while. And it looks like they're going to come to odds once the bigger threat of the Night King is over with. But then maybe, you know, at the last minute she does change her mind and everything falls in line. But it's Game of Thrones. You don't know. You can hypothesize all you like. And then they, like, throw your ideas into fire. Right. <laughs> and you watch them burn and you're like, all right, I thought that person was going to live. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, you know, my personal my personal opinion, I think I think John's going to renounce the Targaryen name. I think he's going to take the name of Stark. And I think Danny will have the throne. 
Mm, possibly. But, but I think she will acknowledge because he is a Targaryen, regardless of the fact that he renounced the name and became a Stark, he will be allowed to rule the North. Yeah. I also would not be surprised if Danny is pregnant. Because they did an awful lot last season. Oh, I can't have babies. Oh, I can't have babies. Like, she'd meet someone and be like, I can't have babies. And then it ends with those two banging. And I'm like, I suspect you can have babies. (laughs) Now, can we we talk about the part that, like, I'm man enough to admit, I teared up. Brianne. Jamie Jamie Lannister knighting Brianna Tarr. Yes, that was (laughs) the moment of this episode. It really was. They were sitting. It set set it up for the people. They're sitting in a chamber, trying to get warm. They're waiting for the battle because they know it's like the calm before the storm. Right. You know the battle's coming. The night king. The night king and his army are at the doorsteps of Winterfell. They're going to be showing up before the sun rises. So they're all there. They're drinking wine. They're sharing stories. Uh, The uh, dragon's bane is being his creepy ass self. (laughs) And they bring up to the they bring up to the conversation about uh, somebody slipping and calling uh, Brienne, Sir Sir. Brienne. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh no, I'm sorry, Lady Brienne, because she's not a knight. And and. Giant Bane was the one who didn't understand. It's like, well, why isn't she a knight? And she admitted that it was tradition. That because she, she was the woman. Because she was a woman, she's not allowed to be a knight. Which, as creepy as Giant's Bane is, <laughs> his line of fuck tradition, I'm not a king, but if I was, I'd fucking knight you ten times a night. Or, or however uh, he, ten times over. Ten times over. The way he said obviously he meant that more sexually than Sexually, yeah. You're like, um, sexual but, harassment right here. <laughs> but he was the one that really put it into their heads. Yeah. Like, he, why, yeah. why do we give a fuck about, there is no king right now. What do we right, not only like that, but an army of the undead is getting ready to march on us. Oh, they also have an undead dragon, like, to hell with tradition at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's when Jamie stood up and said, actually, you don't need a king. A knight can knight another knight. Yeah, any knight can create a knight. And and he, he called her over and said, you want to be a knight or not? Come here and kneel. And, and he that- had to call her over multiple times before she actually got up and did it, and mm-hmm. it was phenomenally acted and just it was an amazing moment i'm also a little worried that it has sealed her fate <laughs> oh she i think she's gonna die but i think she's gonna die protecting jamie yeah i yeah. think i i still stand that i think the per it's not gonna be Tyrion. it's not gonna be john oh, I mean, it's not gonna be danny it is going to be jamie, jamie lannister who puts the sword cersei. through through cersei mm-hmm. oh yeah i i Totally on board with you on that one. I think he's an in-game player. Now, whether he'll survive the final episode, I don't know. But I think he's an in-game player. I, I, I fully I fully believe his redemption of being the Kingslayer, even though he has nothing to be redeemed for in that no, aspect. No, because it was actually very heroic. But I think he's going to be put in the position of being the Queenslayer. Mm-hmm. Is he's going he's gonna to wind up becoming the Queenslayer again for the exact same reasons, protecting the people. Like, but he won't have the shame with it this time if if he survives. No, I wouldn't be surprised all. if they kill each other. Now, there is rumor going around. I'm going to ask you because the dragons have only interacted with three people in the show, two of which we know are Targaryens. Right. 
there's that fan theory that uh, Tyrion, Jaime, and Cersei are Targaryens too. I don't know. I don't know about Jaime and and Cersei, but there is rumor of Tyrion is actually uh, a Targaryen and not the child of Tywin Lannister. Yeah, I don't know how much I buy into it. I, you know, on the one hand, yeah, maybe. On the other hand, with John, there was a lot of stuff put in to kind of steer you in that direction. Right. So, I don't know. If it happens, I guess, cool. I'll kind of be like, really? Another? Like, this is like, did they just go around having secret Targaryen babies and hiding them? So if dragons showed up again, there'd be people to ride them? But no one knows that they can ride them. So how good is that plan? <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of fan theories around. I mean, there's there's fan theories of who's going to sit on the Iron Throne at the end of it. Right. Some people right. feel it's going to be Tyrion. I've read fan theories where they thought, uh, 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 oh my God, the uh, the, the 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 spider again because I forgot his name. It's a V again. Varys. Varys. Thank you. I keep wanting yeah. to say Valerian, but I know that's the steel. That's the steel. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Varys. Maybe, I mean, maybe there's already some Valerian in there. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's been fan theories that Varys, the guy who's been playing the game better than anybody in the show, mm-hmm. is the one that winds up at on the throne at the end. I've seen fan theories of Grey Worm. I've heard, I've seen a fan theory that Sansa does, which I think is actually kind of an interesting one, but I don't think it'll happen. I've heard Arya. Yeah. Arya, I don't think would ever happen because I don't think Arya would do oh, it. Oh, can we can we talk about the creepy moment? It didn't it, initially. It creeped me out, and then I'm like, oh well, it's Game of Thrones. I should have expected it. Well, no, I think it creeped me out because of the fact that like we've watched this girl grow up, and now we're seeing yeah. her naked and fucking. Yeah, there was that moment of awkward where you're like, oh, put your clothes back on. I saw you as a kid. But it, it was it, the way I could equate it is I got a ten year old daughter. Now when yeah, she was younger, I, I used that. to see her run around naked all the time. It didn't phase right. me, you know. It's usually just go get in the tub or or whatever. Right. Now because she's ten years old, anytime I even see her in her underwear, it's like ah, come on, you got no. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So right, I'm looking at Maisie Williams, the actress who I watched be this little girl. Mm-hmm. In season one of Game of Thrones, who's now stripping naked to to go fuck uh, Robert Baratheon's bastard. Gimtree. Gimtree. And I'm just like, no, no, no. <laughs> put, put your clothes back on. <laughs> I guess they did leave it totally up to her how much she wanted to take off and how much she wanted to show. And that's where she was. I just the thing that I get that I always I thought about right away. Again, it's the thing where I'm a writer and then I'm just going to puke words everywhere. <laughs> uh, the thing that caught my attention right away is how awkward it, it may have been for her and for him, for the actors, because he saw her as a little girl. Like he's right. known this person as a little girl. And then here she is taking her clothes off. So that had to have been awkward right you know that my my first thought like when i'm watching the episode because i watched the episode today i literally watched it earlier today and my first first thought was how old is Maisie now i think she's in her 20s now but that was my first thought i'm like she she, is she legal (laughs) now like how how far are we pushing these boundaries (laughs) it does not help that she has a very very youthful face as well yes her face did not mature as as much as one would think and i think it's because it's so round 
she just has a very round, youthful face. And so, like, you look at her, and she's always been in these costumes that have really concealed her body. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's easy to not have really viewed her as growing up like you do the other characters. No, you're, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong, but, like, again, you know, I'm starting to see yeah. flesh. I'm starting to see flesh on her, and you're right. She's got that baby fat face. Yeah. For, for lack of a better term, which makes it cute and youth, youthful. But then she's got those killer eyes. And I don't mean killer like beautiful. <laughs> I mean killer like she like will slit your fucking throat. They're a little throat. bit dead inside. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's got, she's got this death stare down to a fucking side. Oh, yeah. It's brilliant. She, and, like, and you see her in interviews and she doesn't have that at all. It is just pure acting chops pulling it off. Oh, absolutely. And I, I applaud her 120,000%. Yeah. But as she's stripping away clothes and I'm like, Okay, when when it first started and they start kissing, I'm like, okay, they're they're gonna have a little love thing, and they're starting to act like they're you know unbuckling belts and and untying straps, and I'm and like, they're fade gonna... to black. You're thinking fade to black, right? Yeah, I'm like, they're gonna cut scene right here. We know what's gonna happen. No, all of a sudden her boobs are out, and I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> again, my first thought is she's legal, right? We're not pushing any like, <laughs> we ain't pushing any boundaries here. Uh, okay, yeah, she's got to be at least eighteen. But wait, I've watched this girl grow up. I don't want to see her naked. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> yeah, I definitely had that moment. But the moment Game of Thrones ceased to shock me with anything was when they burned that little girl on the pyre, and I was like, well, they're gonna do anything and everything now. And in terms of horrible deaths, everybody brings up the Red Wedding, which is awful because Rob was my very favorite character. And in fact, I picture one of the, my characters in my book as him. So I had like this complete meltdown when he died. But I've only watched it once. But in my opinion, the worst death in this entire series was when they put a little girl on a pyre and burned her to death. Why is this never brought will, up with the worst deaths. I will half agree with you because yes, because we got to actually see the little girl on the pyre and they light the fire that that is disturbing. But the red wedding, remember the first act oh, yeah. was stabbing Rob's wife in the oh, yeah. fucking belly with the baby in the belly. Right. No, I think they're equally awful. I just nobody ever brings up the the pyre thing. Like, like we 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 sit here Star Wars fans. We sit here and we we analyze the death the fact that Anakin Skywalker killed a bunch of younglings in the in the Jedi Council when he turned to Vader. <laughs> right. But at least he didn't stab a pregnant woman in the belly during a wedding or burn a child yeah. on the Oof. stake, you know, right. while their parents yeah. stood there and watched. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red Wedding just I can't watch. I get really upset because I'm like, no, that's Karen, and I didn't give you permission to kill him. And if anybody's going to be mean to him, it's me. Oh, right. This is not really him, and I can't say what they do. (laughs) Oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, uh, and, of course, another one that actually got the feels a little bit to me was was Theon. Yes, Theon and Sansa. Theon, uh, is there there a spark of romance there? Are we? I wondered that, too, but then I thought, well, maybe it's more of a brother sister thing that we you know and and they also have been through something really horrible so i think it was open to interpretation because my mom didn't get that at all from it and i was like i don't know maybe i don't know i saw saw some attraction and yeah you know i mean he's totally biting it this next episode he is biting it oh you think you think theon's down oh he's he's going down Uh, what what is left in his story arc him getting his cock back 
Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Why not? So why not? Arya got her eyes back. Arya got her eyes back, and you know, other people got other body parts back. In in Game of Thrones, they cured fucking stone skin. You yeah, know? it's not so, gonna happen. They so, set it. Uh, they set him up to die. So, so the Red Woman couldn't come. Around. I mean, Jon Snow came back from the dead. We couldn't. We couldn't figure out how to how to you know resurrect a dick. <laughs> come on, Theon paid a hard price for this show. Give he him that did, much. He did. I like <laughs> Theon. I mean, of course, you despise him for a while. Right. But then everything that he goes through, he does redeem himself, and you're like, okay, you paid. You paid. <laughs> You've paid. Yeah, he was so, just—he was just a hornball that wanted to impress his dad. He didn't deserve what he's gone through. <laughs> I mean, he did order the death of two little boys. They weren't the Stark boys, but he did order the death of two little boys. Right, but he was That's doing it to bad. protect. But he did it to protect yeah. the Stark kids. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that he chose two commoners that didn't mean as much. But he did try to protect Brandon oh, yeah. and and. Uh, I don't remember the other one's name. <laughs> Rick Recon. Yeah, Bran and the one Stark kid who literally doesn't matter. The one who couldn't figure out how to zigzag. Like seriously, <laughs> he is the one Stark kid who has nothing. Who had did nothing. He did nothing except run in a straight line. <laughs> exactly. He, he would have survived had he just zigzagged. Yeah. I mean, I guess one could argue that Ramsey could have traced, but would have been harder. Is it just me? Uh, during the time that Serdavos was was uh, was dishing out the soup, and he explained to the one dude who said, "I wasn't a soldier. I'm not a soldier." Blah blah blah. And he turned around. And he's like, "I was there at the Battle of the Bastards." Was it just me that that felt awkward to hear the 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 title actually be spoken aloud? No, because I knew that it was called that. Like I've heard them say it in other things as well. Okay, because to me it sat a little weird. Like oh, it, something we do need to mention, though. Okay. and you can finish your thought, but I just remembered it, and don't let me forget to bring. No, no, it up. feel feel free. So, I was just all right. They're all like, let's put the helpless people, the women. Well, women aren't helpless, but you know, like the ones that can't fight, and and kids, and and old people, and injured people down in the crypts to keep them safe. With a bunch Can, of dead bodies. Which, what tends to happen to dead bodies when the Night King shows up? That 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 is something that did cross my mind. It, it's almost like you know opening the buffet to a bunch of starving fat people. Yeah. And they kept all through the episode going, "Oh, they're gonna go down to be safe in the crypts," and I'm like, with the the waiting zombies, the the. Like freeze dried zombies, you're just gonna—they're gonna be down in there. You're, oh God! This is the courage no one. Oh God! Give me, give me uh, Sean Bean returning as Ned Stark as a fucking zombie. Oh! Give it to me. You, you, you just—you just made me excited. Let that happen. I want to see him bust out of his own uh, uh, tomb, <laughs> his own tomb, through his own statue, and he's half broken and beaten. And- oh. His head would be like in one arm. He's carrying his head. He's in the carrying arm. his head and shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to see the Starks come back now. If they did that and like Rob came back, I would lose my. I cannot, cannot. I can't even go back and rewatch the series because I cannot watch them kill Rob again. 
can't do it. He was my favorite character. <laughs> Not as attached to anybody else, but... Oh, my God. It would be beautiful to see it happen, and especially just to have Sean Bean do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just Sean Bean, like... And then he would get to die twice in the series. Yeah. Hypothetically. Well, he's made a career out of dying in shows and he's movies. Very so. good at dying. He's it's very, just, very good at dying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there was there was a best death category in film and TV awards. Like he would just always win, because you... no one else will have had the the like. He'll be nominated for like five different deaths every year. Well, I was about to say, could you imagine? Like, God forbid, somewhere in the future, he dies, and they do the in uh, in memorial. Uh, video of him <laughs> at the death. Oscars and it's all his death scenes. <laughs> you know, you know when he dies, someone's going to do that on YouTube. <laughs> Someone will do it. <laughs> you know, because you're right. He's, he's a master of dying. You know, he's a master of dying and he's a master of being the guy who redeems himself as he dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That seems to be the story arc for most characters he's ever played. Yeah, I have seen one movie in which he didn't die, and it was years and years and years ago when I was just little bitty. He was in the live-action version of Black Beauty, and he's not a big part, but dude does not die. (laughs) And that's why the movie's not very memorable. (laughs) (laughs) Because John Bean didn't die. (laughs) Learn from your mistakes. They cursed it. (laughs) You You want a successful movie? Or a TV show, have Sean, Sean Bean in it and kill him. It's like a Hollywood sacrifice that has to be made. Sean <laughs> Bean's character must be sacrificed to the the gods of entertainment. Exactly, but uh, you know, so just as a thing though, no one really sacrificed Sean Bean. We need Sean Bean. No, he's he's got to <laughs> stick around for a while. But uh, okay, so real quick, let's get into the speculations. Uh, uh, what you think? Who's who I know, I know, I know you. I know we want to ask who's going to eat it next episode because things shit's about to hit the fan. But let's really get into it. Who do you think, in the end, who wins the Iron Throne? Yeah, and I go like I have gone around and around and around on this, and I just can't decide. I can't. I know that I would actually really like to see Sansa, just because I think it would be a logical. And surprising conclusion to her art. Like, even though it would be surprising, there would be a level of logic to it. If you just watch how her characters progressed, I don't think it will happen. Um, okay. I don't know. Because I... I could really easily see John dying as he takes out the Night King. I, I will stand on, on, on the grounds of what I said from the beginning. I think Tyrion takes the throne. I think that's the whole purpose of Tyrion, Tyrion's arc. You know, his intelligence, his his willingness to fight when he needs to, but has been the most intelligent character going wits against people like, like the Spider and going wits against uh, Littlefinger and going wits against, uh, you know, his own father and being a survivor character. I see him sitting on a throne at the end. The worthless dwarf character that everybody dismissed throughout the whole series. Possibly. I have heard rumors that supposedly are plot leaks that he 
betrays them and bites it. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> I love it. If there's been one, if there has been one constant in this show that from day one I've loved the character of, and he's never made me question why I loved him, is Tyrion <laughs> fucking Lannister. <laughs> Don't take that away from me, goddammit. I'm going to take it. <laughs> I mean, it, but anytime you hear any kind of plot leak or anything like that, it's so, like, questionable. Until it's actually straight up and confirmed. It's so questionable. Absolutely, but I think I think it's I think it's almost like like we were joking about like uh, uh, if Danny takes the throne and and gives John the North and lets it be two separate kingdoms mm-hmm. or or whatever, all that's right. predictable. And one thing I've learned about Game of Thrones is don't expect predictability. Right. You know, but so. I think to the point it's now become so much so that now what would be predictable would be unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong, but I'm I'm still leaning leaning on you know yeah. somebody you don't really think should be. For all I know, Gantry could sit on the throne. Another Baratheon could be sitting yeah. on the throne at the end yeah. of this. And something to bear in mind is we don't know what's going to happen, but we know there's going to be something bad to it. Like. People are going to die. People you don't want to see die. Some of the people we have seen from the very beginning are going to go down. Mm-hmm. You know, there's it's going to happen. I don't see a scenario in which both Danny and John come out of this alive. I think, I mean, are not we talking this about, next are, episode, but the end. I, I was about to say, are we, talk, are we talking about against Night King or are we talking no. about... Against before the, the final season or final episode of before the, the end of the series yeah i don't uh, i cannot see a scenario in which they both live i i agree i think i think not only do i think one of them will die i think it'll be by the hands of the other one possibly yeah yeah you know and, and i it'll just be, don't it'll be over the throne so in other words danny loses it and kills him because she wants the throne or he kills her because she's gone mad and he's protecting the people. Right. Or, and this is a really popular fan theory, she is pregnant and she dies in childbirth. Because there's this prophecy from the books that, um, and I can't, I can never remember the exact, it's a zoo. I always think of, of the guy from Arrow, the villain. It's, it starts with an A, but where there's supposed to be this person who will be able to defeat the Night King, and he's going to do it with a sword bathed in the blood of his love. A lot of people think that means that he's going to kill Danny, but one could argue that if she died having his child then he did kill her to some degree. Like, it, there could be an interpretation. Well, wait, wasn't, wasn't, the was sword, wasn't the sword bathed in the blood of his love, the sword that belonged to Aegon Targaryen, that was sitting right there at the foot of the bed when when uh, What's-Her-Face died giving birth to John. But that would then mean that John's father was the one but that it, it, but killed it, him. Right, but we're not talking. We're not talking about Rhaegar. We're talking about the sword being bathed in his love. That sword was bathed in the blood of many enemies, but it also had the blood of what's her face. Yeah, on, bathed on in too. the blood of the the love of the person who would kill the Night King. Though is what it was supposed to be. Oh, Supposedly, okay. but prophecy could mean anything. That's the tricky thing about prophecy; it can be really misinterpreted. 
<laughs> Thank you, Yoda. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, you are. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna jump into the final part here. We're gonna make this a little short because we're already two hours uh, over two hours in, two and a half. Oh wow! Hours. Go us. <laughs> yeah. Well, talk about fantasies. You'll just let it go. <laughs> I will. I will. With well, the... I know a lot about all of the things we've spoken about. So. <laughs> <laughs> What's really funny is I was because of not having the full panel. I was really reach and not any real stories to talk about <laughs> this week. I was really stretching. I was looking for wrestlers to talk, tell road, road stories or, you know, my old band to talk about, like, the the year we spent working on Born to Fall. Like, right. I was reaching for this episode, and you come on, it's like, well, we could talk about fantasy. I was like, well, this has happened, and this has happened, and then there's Star Trek Discovery. I said, all right, let's do it. You know? <laughs> all right, let's do it. You, you came up with this show. This is all you. This, this is mine, yeah. But uh, Well, I've been, like, engrossed in... Uh, Game of Thrones spoilers because I may or may not have been avoiding doing some editing, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it definitely brings up a point, like with the Game of Thrones ending, and I know they're talking about doing a prequel uh, series to to Game of Thrones. So obviously, I'm thinking about like uh, the Rise of the Mad King, you know, for HBO to continue Game of Thrones, even though they've ended this story arc. They have said it would not have anything to do with Robert Baratheon's. Um, uprising right but it may be the rise of the of the mad king right. himself right you know him him coming to power as it were yeah um but the the thought process i have is there are so many fantasy uh novel type books you know or or short stories or whatever that are out there that have i think are phenomenal but have oh, always yeah. have always been overlooked for something to be put into live action. Uh, one of the uh, examples I gave you was uh, the Dragonlance, the Tracy Hickman and, and right. Margaret Weiss book, uh, Dragons of Autumn Twilight, was made into a feature-length cartoon movie, which was subpar. <laughs> and I don't think it really gave the book justice. And, yeah. and forget the fact that that is a trilogy book, too. Which launched a whole entire series of books, you know, wow. but, but, uh, you know, you think about that or you think about like a character like Dritz Duarte in the, uh, Forgotten Realms worlds, mm-hmm. you know, or and, the Anne McCaffrey Dragon Riders of Pern, like well, even, all of those, even Stephen King, the eye of the dragon or, and, and we're, we're passing out all these dragon ones. If we want another TV series, what about Robert Jordan's wheel of time? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, Talking about movies, there's an author, Juliet Marlier, who wrote an amazing series. It was the Seven Water series, and it starts with a book called Daughter of the Forest, and it is brilliant. I mean, these are fantastic books, and they kind of each take place with a you know like a generation later, and they're just brilliant. And I would love to see those made into films. Well, that, that that's really that's really a point. It's like. Uh... What what book series is especially in fantasy genre? Because what the success, the overwhelming success of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, again, as it far really as that, was a it, it gave new life to the fantasy genre and movies and TV. It really did, and then with the phenomenal success of Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, it, it seems the perfect time to, to to jump back into the fantasy realm. But what would be the right next series? And how would how would it be? Would it be TV? Would it be movie, uh, feature length movies? 
should it happen? Is it the right time for it? And who do you pick to be one of those franchises? I mean, I'm going to be a little self-servicey. Well, of course. <laughs> Obviously, besides the Song of Souls uh, trilogy movies. And those would be best as movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Peter Jackson, if by some chance you are hearing this... I am interested and willing to talk. <laughs> Only Peter Jackson. What if George Lucas says, uh, yeah, I'm looking to, to do a new trilogy, but not Star Wars. Would Would you mind if I... I don't know. <laughs> I have to think. He's one I never considered. I'd have to think about that. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. That, that, that's probably the worst George Lucas impression I've ever done, but still. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't have like the, the weird lack of chin neck thing either. <laughs> That has happened throughout the years. Oh yeah, that that, <laughs> that poor man. He, he's he's got that he's got that sack hanging below his chin. And I feel bad. Maybe there's something he's like some sort of disorder or something that he's got because I know there are things that could do that. But I just kind of watch him in interviews now, and I'm like, what is that? That's, you know what? I, I've caught myself staring at it. Like I'm picking on him. Like like he, like he's like he's. Like he's a uh, uh, Dex from from the from episode two in the diner, but you know I I've looked at that and I've often wondered like would it look less bothersome if he shaved the beard because it almost the beard almost pronounces it there that it much does. more. It does. It almost <laughs> does. But then I'm always like, now is that just part of the aging process or is there some sort of thing that he has that's caused that? And am I just being a jerk for looking at it? No, we're we're more than likely being a jerk because we're sitting here talking about. About it, I can. I, I can. If he ever listens to the the Rumble Miss podcast, I can erase ever having an interview with him. But <laughs> they're gonna make fun uh, of my and, chin. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like George Lucas never listened to this. Yeah, he never. He never just not this episode. No, no, not this episode. <laughs> go, go listen to War of the Stars or Journal of the Jedi. We we praise you a lot yeah. on those. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, series. Definitely the Juliet Marler series is one that I would just, oh, that is absolutely top on my list is Juliet Marler. Anything she writes ever, but especially those, <laughs> especially Daughter of the Forest and Son of Shadows and Child of the Prophecy. Those would be brilliant because they are brilliant books. And I actually had the really astounding pleasure and honor of getting to speak with her just a little bit over messenger. And it was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I said it before and I'll say it again. I would love to see the, uh, the dragon Chronicle trilogy made into live action movie and done right. Uh, for top choice, as far as movies, it definitely the, the, uh, dragons of autumn, twilight, winter night and spring dawning by, by Tracy Hickman and Margaret Weiss. I would love to, brought to film but i i said it earlier and if we're replacing game of thrones on tv i can't think of better than than the wheel of time by robert jordan starting at the eye of the world and just work your way through right right i would also this has been made into a tv series but it was cut short way too soon i would love to see them bring back legend of the seeker it was fantastic. And in fairness, I haven't read the books, but I loved the TV series. And I would just, it was, it was canceled way too soon. It should have kept going. I, all right. That, that's a, that's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think of any other ones that, that really stand out in my mind. Um, there's one called, um, 
Fortune's Wheel by Cynthia Vogt. And it's actually a young adult book, but I would have I would love to see that made into a film as well. Well, I mean, again, being a Dungeons and Dragons fan, I'd love to see a Dungeons and Dragons film that they didn't screw up by casting a Wayne's brother. <laughs> you know, give me give oh me a God, real I Dungeons and Dragons. forget about that movie until someone mentions it all give, the time. Give me a real Dungeons and Dragons movie based in the same type of realism that 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 Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones had. Oh, I know. It also had like off-brand Wesley Crusher as the lead. Yeah. And, and Jeremy <laughs> Irons hamming it up to no end. <laughs> oh <laughs> they, my god. That that movie never had a chance to get off the ground and then its sequel was oh. even worse. Oh, I didn't know there was a sequel. Oh yeah, oh, there's, god. there's it's called Wrath of the Dragon God. Oh no! Yeah, you you, you might want to check that out. If didn't it no, also have Riff Raff from Rocky Horror Picture Show in it? The think, first one. I think it did. Yeah. Oh my god! I think that was like the one moment where I was like, okay, this is awesome, but the rest not. <laughs> you know, uh, definitely, definitely check that out if you just want to like cringe for a couple hours if you want to see something that actually makes me appreciate napoleon dynamite see the sequel to the original dungeons and dragons movie wrath of the (laughs) wrath of the dragon god (laughs) even the name is bad (laughs) (laughs) even the name is stupid (laughs) so yeah definitely give me a a proper dungeons and dragons movie yeah (laughs) yeah well and now that it's gotten so big that world and there's so much they could explore. And I think that's maybe why it's so easy to do it wrong because there's so much and they just keep picking the wrong things. You're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong, but guys, we're going to go ahead and we're going to call this one. Cause we're already two hours and 32 minutes. in. <laughs> We may have to continue this story to be continued because there's plenty more fantasy coming. Obviously, we're going to be taking a look into the last four episodes of Game of Thrones. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't mind dedicating an episode to Game oh, of Thrones. Maybe, maybe amazing. when we're maybe when we're sitting re- poised for the final episode, we could just retro- yes. We can give a retrospect of the whole entire series. Yes, I am on board. All right, so that's something <laughs> to think think about in the next in the next what three weeks. Yeah, I guess it would be the next three weeks we would do that episode. That's so close. I know it is. <laughs> like, I mean, the fun, the show will be fun, but the end, I don't want it to end. <laughs> kind of Again, that's kind of how I'm feeling about episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker. It's like, yeah. oh, it looks so epic and wonderful, and i got to see it, but it's the end of the Skywalker saga. I don't yeah. want that to end. <laughs> that's yeah. been my whole entire life. I don't want it to end. Oh, yeah, it'll be it'll be rough. I mean, you're talking to the person who still cries through most of Return of the King because it's the end. <laughs> Which end? There's like 17 of them. All of them. Every <laughs> one of them. I just cry and cry and cry. I agree with Kevin Smith's take on uh, Lord of the Rings. It should have ended at that scene where uh, Frodo's in bed and Sam comes in, gives him that gay look and all the hobbits are jumping around. Yeah. <laughs> Except that the Lord of the Rings fans would have been like, uh-uh. <laughs> and Sam should have just gone down on Frodo and, you know, Frodo straight up bricks in Sam's mouth. Credits. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, now I'm always going to look at that scene differently. <laughs> <laughs> I probably bastardized that joke, but it's a hilarious joke. But uh, uh, you gotta take you gotta take it where you can, you know. Well, we've already discussed it before, but let's go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find your books. So that way we get you some more sales, whatever we can do. I like those. (laughs) (laughs) They can find me. Well, first of all, you can find the books on Amazon. However, I do have a little announcement. It is coming up. I don't have an exact date yet, but there will be hardback editions available on Barnes & Noble. BarnesandNoble.com? Yeah, you can actually find the uh, paperback on barnesandnoble.com, but thus far there are no hardbacks. Soon there will be some, and there will be maps and all kinds of things for that. Nice. So, yeah, sort of special edition stuff coming out. Uh, They can also find me on Twitter, Kristen Stovall. Just look up my name. I'm there. You can find me on Instagram. You find me on Instagram more than Twitter. You can also find me on Facebook with the Song of Souls Trilogy fan page and on my personal page. But I will warn you, I get a lot of spammy friend requests, so I'm a little wary of those these days. As you should be. Yes. And then you can also find me on Star Wars The Old Republic in uh, playing as Inari Soon, and I am completely blanking on which server I'm on right now, so there's that. <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't it the Ethan Hawk server or something? It was even Hawk, now it's Starforge. Okay, Starforge. So you can find me on Impside as Inari Soon, most often as Inari Soon, and on Pubside I have a ridiculous amount of characters. I'm often actually male characters on Pubside, so <laughs> I don't know what that's about. You, you know, it's funny, I'm sitting here thinking about it. Like I said, if I ever turned on my... Uh... My my uh, old Republic uh, game. It would literally take about a month of it of downloads of of uh, updates because it's been that long since I've been on. But I think <laughs> I'm actually on the uh, the the the, soul for, the 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 Forge Star Forge the Star Forge. Uh, yeah, it, because server. it was Ebonhawk, which was an East Coast server, and now it's it's Star Forge. <laughs> there should be a Realm of the Mist plays Star Wars: The Old Republic Night and. A lot of them will be trying to figure it out, and I'm just going to come running in on my level-capped Imperial Asian and be like, hello, boys. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a Jedi. I'm a, I'm a Padawan Jedi. I think I'm lucky if I'm level 15. Yeah. Like, I, I, I literally... on pub side. I literally just got off the training world and wound up on the first, like, major city world. <laughs> and that's where I am. Okay. <laughs> they made it a lot... So that if you want to just get through and not... They made it so it's a lot less grindy to level. I mean, people will probably argue with me on that one, but I think it's less grindy. I can level a character, like, if I'm just focusing on playing in a few days. But we got sidetracked. <laughs> now, now when I go to bed tonight, I'm going to have to start it up just so it can do its updates. Because maybe maybe uh, Press A Gaming can pop out a night of a... Uh, of, uh, uh, Old Republic. Sotor. Yeah, if they do, <laughs> I am on board. <laughs> I'm not going to pick a baby character, though. I will be the master who leads you all through. That's right. I'll you stand get... by and let you guys do the killing, because otherwise I look at them and they die. But <laughs> Hey, watch watch the series of uh, of Fallout 76 on, on the YouTube channel right now, where I've traveled with people that are like heavily high level, and they're my tanks. And that's how I got through most of that game was like 
we'd get together and we'd find like these high-powered beasts or whatever to have to kill, and I'd get a bullet or two in and just get the hell out of the way and let them handle it. <laughs> just so you get the kill cred. Just so I get the get experience, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've taken so many people through Swotor. I have like several capped characters and command rank capped characters, although apparently they're going to be raising the level cap here pretty soon. I nice. think possibly with the um, expansion in September. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the Old Republic's kind of one of the oldest running MMOs next to like World of Warcraft, isn't it? Like it so many others have kind of might be fallen. one of the older, yeah. And and everybody's like, oh, it's, you know, you go to a forum for any MMO and they're like, oh, it's going to die, it's dying, it's dying. And then like five years later, it's still going. No, it's dying, it's dying, it's dying. But <laughs> is it? <laughs> there, you, there you go that's a question for all you guys down in the comment sections below and of course guys you can find me here at realm of the mist or wherever realm of the mist can be found of course on our web page which is found in the description down below make sure you click that go to the merch page pick up christian Snowville's books check out our coming soon merchandise of t-shirts and everything else coming including the already produced war of the stars t-shirts you can uh pretty soon click on that and get directed to making your shirt because they are made to order so guys make sure you take care of that and while you're there again pick up Kristen Stovall's books pick up both of them because the third <laughs> one is coming August trust 15th. me I really appreciate it and I'll love you forever <laughs> <laughs> and of course you can find me on all the social networks just look for Christopher Stolle or Realm of the Mist Entertainment guys and I'll be back tomorrow night for It Had to Be Said with Venus although Venus will be out sick this week so it'll be me and whoever wants to join me and we'll I, I've got to figure out some uh, topic of conversation that would fit It Had to Be Said in the direction Venus has uh, directed it so <laughs> I want to I want to keep with go. her flow I don't want to go back yeah. to my flow you know so and then, of course, I'll be on Wednesday night with my co-host and leader and, uh, you know, the, the emperor to my Darth Vader, Mr. John Mark Tully with War of the Stars on Wednesday. I've never done a show with him. You should do a, you should do a star show with him. We've been doing a series uh, on the women of Star Wars. We've been looking at the characters. Oh, cool. The characters of Star Wars. And I believe this episode is going to be all the secondary characters that really didn't get much of the limelight, like Mon Mothma or, or Dorma, the, one of the handmaidens of uh, right. uh, of Padme. And, you know, those right. types of characters. We've, we've delved, we delve into, we've, we've looked into Leia, Padme, uh, uh, Jyn Erso, uh, Ahsoka, and Asajj Ventress, and you know those characters. We're saving Ray for last. That will be the end of the series. Right. So now we're kind of looking into the more obscure characters. Mm-hmm. But, or like Padme's sister. Right. You know characters like that. So this would be the perfect time for you to jump in. <laughs> so I don't know those ones all that well, but that's definitely interesting. Yeah, maybe even start being like, "What about like Satil?" <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bar- uh, Barasso Fee or or Shakti yeah. and and yeah. uh, Illuminati. We could we could jump into all them characters. Yeah. You know, so well, if you com- ever do a show that talks about the Shans, like especially Theron Sean, he's my boo. <laughs> I am all about that. <laughs> I'm kind of arguing with them that I want to. I want to delve once we finish with the females. That we I want to delve into the, like a a more in depth look at the male characters. Yeah. You yeah. Know, especially especially the ones that even though they may be mainstay characters, you never really delved into their history. Right. Right. 
you know, <laughs> or what they meant to the story in general. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, I think that would be fun too. So, well, that might be a thing that once the third book's out and I'm not like balancing everything at once, so it might be a show to pop onto. There you go. Oh. So, guys, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed us ranting about uh, some fantasy world. <laughs> Again, make sure you're checking out the Song of Souls trilogy. And, of course, as always, guys, we'll catch you next week. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>